Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Happy Friday. Welcome to another edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with the latest on the Winnipeg Jets and lots happening in and around the hockey world. And, of course, a very sad day for hockey, especially out in the province of Quebec and the incredible legacy of the Montreal Canadiens with the passing of Guy Lafleur. We're going to get to all of that. Ken Weeb's going to join us a little bit later on in the program. Good friend of the program, Christian Hammerback as well. Uh, later on, before we get into the marbles at the end of the program on a, uh, a really neat golf event that's coming to Manitoba this summer. Um, and we're also going to hook up with Westy himself, Troy Westwood, our great friend, is going to join us first up today on the program in about 25 minutes or so. Uh, and plan to talk mostly Jets and Bombers with Westy, but I do know, I believe he um, was probably old enough to remember Gila Fleur even towards the end of his glory days. I do remember, you know, Troy speaking about the old Habs on, uh, you know, some of the uh, old Big Show episodes on 1290. We'll certainly get Troy's take on uh, the passing of Guy Lafleur as well. Again, if you haven't been with us before, Friday afternoons, we do a marble race. We've got some great prizes courtesy of our friends at Canadian Club Whiskey. So make sure to hang around and um, be with us on YouTube live towards the end of the program. Of course, Jets finished up their Road schedule last night with another L, um, despite the heroics of Eric Comrie. We'll get to all of that and uh, look ahead to this final week of Winnipeg Jets hockey action, beginning with uh, the Avalanche as the first of four remaining home games on the schedule before we get to the Stanley Cup playoffs, which unfortunately Winnipeg will not get an invite to. Hey, uh, before we get going with the program, this show doesn't happen without the great support of the Winnipeg Sports Talk family of sponsors, including our friends at Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge, Wallace & Wallace, F Apparel, Vita Health, Princess Auto, Boston Pizza, the Nick & Nicky DQ Group, Canadian Club Whiskey, Cool Bet Canada, Little Brown Jug, Not Auto Corp, Breezy Bend Golf & Country Club, Royal Sports, Manitoba Battery, and Culligan Water. Um, let's get to it. Hammerback, Weeb, Westy. But this show doesn't happen without a big dose of Michael Remus. Remo, get in here and let's get after it on a Friday afternoon. How are you? Oh, yeah. Ready <clears throat> Ready for uh, the weekend coming up. Uh, nice weekend of rain, right? I can't wait to be inside. I know Better than snow, man. That's all I have it, to say. It, Better than snow. Uh, I mean, it's not going to be freezing, so that's fine. I won't have to shovel. Those are the bonuses. But uh, I didn't know what a Colorado low was until like two weeks ago, and now it's all I'm hearing about. Um, Come on. That's not true. Well, either that or you just have never paid any attention whatsoever to the weather. All I hear now is that you've got a Colorado. family and you're actually in charge of shoveling. So now that you actually have to go out and do that, you've been pressed into paying a little bit more attention to being aware of your surroundings and what's happening in, in the city that you live in. All I hear is Colorado low over and over again. Like, oh my man, can we get to spring already? What is this? I thought it's supposed to be playoff hockey coming up. You know, just while, while we're at it, let's just see a quick thing. So it's not a snowfall, but a rainfall warning that's in yeah. effect for Winnipeg. Looking at heavy rain with total amounts from 30 to 50 millimeters expected for parts of southern Manitoba by Sunday. 
thank God it's above zero because I mean, if it was below, we'd be talking about 30 to 50 centimeters of snow and that is not cool. I guess that uh, rain continuing today through Saturday, um, ah, it'll be all over the map. Bottom line is I think this may actually help uh, eliminate some of the snow that's with us right now. We'll see what that means for potential flooding and hopefully, fingers crossed, this doesn't um, impact the farmers too much. I mean, one of the weird things, Remus, was we were talking about at the end of the summer last year of just how incredibly dry this province was. And, uh, well, needless to say, we've made up for that precipitation. And, uh, well, we're dealing with it on the other side right now. Uh, all that being said, we'll uh, make it Winnipeg Storm Talk some other time. It's not not quite significant enough to, uh, to derail the program. Um, we do have lots to get to. We will talk the, uh, you know, maybe just before we get to the Jets, I do want to sh give a shout out to everyone because I'm seeing a ton of comments, uh, a ton of comments in the uh, in the chat right now on the passing of Guy Lafleur. And Remo, I mean, you're younger than me. I mean, you wouldn't have been around. I don't really remember him as a member of the Montreal Canadiens at all. My first sort of real memories of actually watching Guy Lafleur. I mean, I remember seeing him in hockey cards for sure. Mm -hmm. But the end of his career, which was a little weird, and I do seem to remember, I should look this up right now, but I think he retired for a while and then came out of yep. uh, out of retirement to play a little bit more. Um, but I do remember it was sort of weird, this guy that was this Canadian's legend playing for the Maple or for the, uh, the Quebec Nordiques as well as the New York Rangers. But I'll tell you what, dude. I mean, if you go to TSN right now, I mean, uh, Jeff Molson speaking about it, Marty St. Louis. I mean, this is... Uh, you know, hockey is religion in Quebec and in Canada overall. And um, there was no bigger star for the Montreal Canadiens during his time than uh, than the great Guy Lafleur. I mean, a part of so many championship teams. And we talked about that holy trinity of Habs. And listen, I don't want to miss, you know, leave anybody out. But, you know, we remember the outpouring of grief when Rocket Richard passed away, Jean Beliveau. And uh, I would have to say that Guy Lafleur right up there with those all-time Montreal greats. And as we've seen in the uh, chat by a number of people that are maybe a little bit older that remember him, he was the reason why a lot of young people got into hockey in the first place. Yeah, again, I, I'm a bit younger than you. I remember opening packs of um, Score 91s as a kid, and there were a ton of uh, Guy Lafleur legend cards. And he was one of the few players to still not wear a helmet. Um, you know, you remember the flowing hair. I mean, career leader in points and his number of records for the Canadians. But yeah, Belleville, Richard, Lafleur seem to be top three. And I mean, it's been a sad week here with um hockey legends passing away. Mike Bossy last week. The um. So yeah, I mean, seeing the outpouring of memories and support uh, in the chat here today and on Twitter. Um. 70 years old, uh, Guy Lafleur, uh, gone. Well, and, and, and I mean, in a part of it, I mean, it is a very cautionary tale. I mean, not that we don't know about the, uh, you know, what cigarettes, um, you know, can do. But, I mean, one of the things I, you know, I think we made lots of jokes about was the fact that, you know, Guy was known to uh, hammer a dart or two, like in between periods. Mm -hmm. And again, it's a very different, very different time. Can you imagine a player trying to do that now? Like in the NHL? I was reading an article. Like, uh, they're talking about him smoking, like in the hotel room. Can you even can you do that anymore? Uh, no, no, I, I don't like, think so. I, I I'm not sure, but yeah. Um, I mean, listen, he was synonymous with incredible excitement on the ice, um, amazing goals, championship wins for he and his Montreal Canadiens, and 
you know, was as popular a player and went, what, one, two, three, four, had six straight 50-goal seasons through the meat of his career. I mean, 74-75 was a real breakout season for him. I mean, he'd had 29, 28, 21, but 53 goals in 74-75, 56 goals back-to-back -back in 75, 76, 76, 77, 77, 78, 60 goals, 52 in 78, 79, and 79 to 80, another 50 goal season. Um, and really the floor on Guy Lafleur outside of his third year where he had just 21 goals, I mean, had 27 for the next three straight and then a 30 goal season in 83, 84 um, before essentially retiring in 84, 85, did not play in 85, 86, 86, 87, 87, 88. And then actually came back and played parts of three more seasons in the National Hockey League, as I mentioned, with the Rangers and the Quebec Nordiques. But um, bottom line is an absolute hockey icon. And um, we're seeing, uh, you know, we're seeing all sorts of comments in the chat about uh, memories of Guy Lafleur and how he was instrumental in making a lot of young people that might not be so young anymore hockey fans to begin with. Yeah, just reading some of the accolades named to the Order of Canada, three-time Art Ross Trophy winner. A uh, two-time uh, Hart Trophy winner, one-time Conn Smythe, uh, six-time first-team All-Star. I mean, he's so many. He's named one of the top 100 players, franchise leader in points for the Canadians. What did he have? 12, 46, and 961 games. Had his number retired. Yeah, absolute, absolute uh, legend on the ice. Gilles uh, Fleur, and yeah, how can you? Think about him without thinking of that flow. Just, uh, that's, I went, even when I was like, when I, you know, I would skate without a helmet like once or twice, like you'd think of your hair going and I, you just would want to be, be like that. So, um, that, two guys, Guy Lafleur and yeah. Ron Duguay with the hair. Duguay, Duguay was incredible. We joke about Duguay shifts where he'd just jump on the ice and he'd just skate as fast as he could to one end. And then as fast as he could to the other end, maybe wouldn't even touch the puck and then come off just so he could get maximum air resistance on that incredible uh, flow, including perm. Bad move, Blake. This is correct. Howard Chuck did use to hack the odd dart in between periods. And, um, and Mitch, <laughs> Mitch says this. Now, I'm not sure whether Mitch is joking, but it is quite funny either way. When Lafleur was a rookie, he only played power play. Lafleur would show up for games fully dressed and then just sit in a stall and chain smoke for two hours. So, uh, I mean, we do make some light of it, but obviously I'm sure that contributed to, uh, you know, his ultimate passing and cancer. And, um, you know, it is, it is a terrible thing, but there, there'll be incredible memories of Guy Lafleur. Uh, and I'm sure we'll talk to a Westie as well as Ken about that a little bit later on, on the program. All right, Remo, let's get to last night. No more road games for the Winnipeg Jets this season. They, uh, Drop 4-2 decision to the Carolina Hurricanes. And, I mean, this was a game, clearly, Carolina is in a, another class than the Winnipeg Jets right now. Carolina is one of the best teams in the National Hockey League. And, in fact, these last four games, I mean, the Jets basically saw the cream of the crop, at least from out east. I mean, Tampa Bay, number one team in the east. Or, excuse me, Florida, number one team in the east. Tampa Bay, the two-time defending cup champs. And the Winnipeg Jets were the 50th notch on the belt of the New York Rangers on Tuesday night. And they were the 50th notch on the belt of the Carolina Hurricanes last night as the Canes got win number 50 and the Jets come home uh, with zero in the win column and in the point column for this uh, for this uh, this road trip. 
I mean, I think a lot of lots been made about where this team is at right now, and God knows we've discussed it and what can be gained from these final few games. Tell you what, one guy that showed um, you know that he was ready to play last night was Eric Comrie, who I thought was absolutely brilliant last night. Kept the team in the game, made some huge saves, and um, probably he himself deserved a better fate. But when you look at that full sixty minutes, despite the Jets being pretty opportunistic early on. Um, you know, they were going up against one of the best teams in the National Hockey League. And unfortunately, the Jets uh, can't really say that they belong in that conversation this season. Yeah, they got up to the 2 nothing lead. And, I, you know, unlike Saturday, where I was sure they were going to lose to Tampa, I was hoping they would hold on to Carolina. I might have to do with uh, me playing as anti-Ranta in the fantasy playoffs. But <laughs> either way, I was like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe now that they're out of it, they're going to put a full 60. But... I mean, Carolina is too good, and I think it does. We talked about this last time they played Carolina. It just shows you the difference between a top team where the Jets want to be and where they are right now. I mean, Eric Comrie did did his best, 42 saves. I mean, and one of those goals, I don't know. Like, I didn't realize that you could get scored on while not wearing a helmet uh, as a goalie, regardless of, you know, the sequence going into it. I don't know if that's ever, ever happened before, but... Um, yeah, I mean, Carolina, you look at the way it was played. They were severely outshooting the Jets. And it was just a matter of time for until they come back. And uh, unfortunate, but, you know, some people who are fans of the tank may be happy to see the Jets, you know, lose and try. But I think you want to feel good. I mean, four losses in a row. I mean, you're already having a miserable season. You're out of the playoffs. You thought maybe you could, you know, what, you're, what do they say? There were pro hockey players who play for pride or whatever, but uh, couldn't quite uh, pull out the win yesterday. And they'll come home and have a nice homestand here, and hopefully they get a nice uh, send-off heading into the summer. Well, I, I listen, we heard from the captain, Blake Wheeler, yesterday, and we talked about it extensively and played the clips. And um, I'll say this. I mean, I think he really did say the right things, things that he needed to be said. But, I mean, there's talk, and then there's actual action as well. And, I mean, you know, one thing he said, he's either going to come back and – and leave it all out on the ice. I mean, you know, maintain. I think he said his words, not mine. Self-respect uh, of the of the clubs, and obviously play for the fans that uh, that are out here to support them. So hopefully that all happens. I'm with you. I mean, I would have loved to have seen them win that game. I think it just would have been a better atmosphere around the team coming into those final four games. I mean, big picture is a point or two points going to be a big difference between where the team picks in the draft. Probably not. Um, so, I mean, I think that you, you I, I, I know, I know some people and I've seen in the chat, just hope the team loses out, losing out like this. I mean, for this season, I think, well, well, listen, I mean, as I said, maybe there's some sort of benefit when it comes to the, uh, the draft lottery, but bottom line is the jets are, they're, they're not good enough to be in the playoffs, but they're certainly not bad enough to be in the conversation with the real bottom tier of the national hockey league right now. So. They are where they are. That basically is going to be where they are when uh, we get to May 10th and they do the lottery balls and we see what happens. So I kind of tend to agree with Blake Wheeler that this is a team that, you know, should come back, should play together for each other, for the fans, and try to, as Kyle Connor said last week after the Tampa game, it's never too late to start building some sort of a culture. And who knows whether any of this is going to matter next year. I mean, I think we're sort of, you know, just looking at trying to salvage something from such a disappointing season, Remus, but that basically is where we are right now. And I think we'll find out a little bit more about this team, about our number of the players, about the direction they're going in those final four games. But 
I mean, the bottom line is the real intrigue about this team is not going to be uh, about the game two Sundays from now against the Kraken or the Avalanche coming. Um, it's going to be how they look post-draft, post-free agency, and post-potentially some significant moves to this roster by the general manager, Kevin Sheveldayoff, who, of course, has that job, assuming he stays on and uh, has the opportunity to reshape the roster going into next season. Yeah, and that's the big stories. And we were you know, saying yesterday how we think the uh, player comments you know, in between games or after some of these losses have been more interesting than the games, and you got some entertainment last night coming home. You know, get to see Colorado Avalanche on Sunday here. We did have um, some player news today, and you know, Dave Lowry said yesterday, you know, they're not really looking to audition anyone from the Moose. I mean, we'll wait and see what what happens. You know, sometimes injuries happen or things can change. But yeah, but he did say the plan was just to stick with this roster for yeah. the rest of the way, and that I know it was quite a bit of talk on it on IC last night, and certainly mm -hmm. Kenny's had something to talk about. We'll have him on the program and see what he thinks, but. It doesn't seem like what many people assumed would happen be bringing up a few of these moose guys, give them a chance to get a couple games in. Doesn't sound like that's going to happen. Mark Morrison's got his group. They're getting ready for the playoffs. And if anything, we'll see guys go back and start playing for the moose again at the end of this season. Certainly Dylan Sandberg, Morgan Barron are the two players that make the most sense. But Sandberg, I guess the emergency recall has now been converted to a regular recall ream. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. His, they announced this morning... 10.39 a.m. that he's, yeah, was emergency recall, regular recall. So I'm assuming that would mean, Hess, that they're not going to make him a regular recall not to play him. And those who've been saying, let's get Sandberg in, get some minutes. I heard Ken on Kenny and Rennie yesterday saying, this guy, give him an opportunity on the penalty kill. Let's see what he can do. And it seemingly, why not? Yeah, seemingly. Like, why not? Yeah, you have these guys. Might as well play him, see what they can do. Uh, I'm curious if they start resting some veteran guys or does Logan Stanley get back in? I guess we don't, we don't know today, but we'll have a better idea this weekend when during skates. But Both of those guys should be playing. Like, regardless of what you think about Logan Stanley's season, and I think we can all agree, I mean, he didn't take a step forward this year, had some real issues. There's four games left. He's a young player, as is Dylan Sandberg. There is benefit to getting those guys playing and playing more, maybe playing outside of the role that at least Sandberg, uh, you know, and Stanley have had as uh, the third line. Um, and I guess, and we were talking off air about this before the show, Remo. I mean, as much as it's going to be interesting to hear, you know, the mood of the team and how people sort of address what happened this season at the end of this at the year. I'm sure we'll hear all sorts of stories about guys that have been playing with this or that or the other thing. I mean, honestly, at this point, like, what's the benefit of rolling those guys out anymore in front of the home fans, uh, in front of any fans, to be honest with you? I mean, if you're out of the playoffs right now, what can you gain from uh, the rest of this season? Maybe give a few more guys a chance. And I couldn't help but think, by the way, if you missed our show yesterday, we had a great sit down with David Gustafson. Uh, if you look at the Winnipeg Sports Talk Twitter feed, uh, Remo tweeted out a link to that yesterday. Um and listen, I mean, I, I didn't want to put him in a bad spot, you know, and it would be an unfair question of me to ask if he thought he got a fair shake or should he be up or anything right right now. I mean, that doesn't do anything and probably would prevent us from having David on the program again in the future. But I couldn't help but think that, you know, as he's playing so well and I've seen, you know, a ton of Moose games I and mean, we know that the production is there. He was their player of the year. We know what happened earlier on in the season with the very unfortunate timing of those injuries getting back in. But you'd have to think, or at least I would think, that 
you know, this is a guy that could benefit from, you know, from a couple games. Um, next week's going to be very busy. It's kind of moose jets, moose jets, moose jets at the schedule. So the rink will be busy. They'll be around and maybe that plan changes. Um, but I, I, I'll be honest. I was surprised to hear that from Dave Lowry. And um, as we'll talk with Ken a little later on, I think there certainly is an argument to be made that there are some benefits from these final four games that might be able to help some of the younger players, if not just for the sake of maybe resting some of these veterans that have been through a lot this year and um, you know, probably don't have a lot left as we saw last night against the Hurricanes. Yeah, I'll agree with you. I mean, if someone's banged up, let them, let them sit, let them rest. You got some young guys who've been trying to get in who may not have been able to. I mean, you've nothing to lose. You've seasons, I don't say it's over, but you're not making the playoffs. So um, let's see what you have and, and continue to move forward. And hopefully you can, you know, make progress in turning things around uh, for next season. This offseason, we've talked about it for weeks now, going to be very, uh, very interesting for sure. Um, some other notes from around the league uh, last night, Huss, uh, as we before we get into Westwood. Andrew Kopp, we've been watching his stat lines like since he got traded. He who said he couldn't finish? What all preseason oh. we heard it everything. I mean, I don't know how much goes to Artemi Panarin who assisted on all three goals uh, that he scored last night, but this guy has been an absolute beast with the New York Rangers. He's played 15 games, eight, eight goals, including a hat-trick last night, 10 assists, 18 points. Playing on the, you know, started off on the third line or so, moved up with Strom and Panarin, and has been lighting the lamp. And we're going to hope that the Rangers make the conference final so the Jets can have that second-round pick upgraded to a first. Go, but, Cop, go. go this, well, a few more yeah. performances like last night. I mean, he, the guy had a natural hat-trick. And I'll give a shout-out to Chris Beck. I mean, I think we are you know, watching the game and I get a little notification. He's just taking a screen cap of the score app for the first period. And it's cop, 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 like going, Oh my God. I, you know, to be honest, I can't believe that didn't happen against the jets. I mean, uh, that was the, uh, the one wager we talked about the cop to score against his old team at yeah. plus two fifty. You were early. It didn't, it didn't happen on Tuesday night, but he did it three times last night. Listen, it's great to see that Andrew cops having this sort of success. And as we mentioned, Listen, I, you know, a lot of us are going to be cheering on the Rangers in the first two rounds of the playoffs, at least, to see if they can turn that second-round pick into a first-round pick. I'll tell you what, if the Rangers knew what they were getting in Andrew Kopp and he'd had this sort of production, I'm pretty sure the Jets could have squeezed that first-round pick without it being even conditional right now. But um, listen, he's exceeding everybody's expectations. But he's been doing that for a long time right now, and I don't think maybe we should be as surprised as we are. That being said, a natural hat trick is not something that happens all the time. Uh, and he has been a huge part of the success that that team has had, Remo, since he was traded at the deadline. Oh, huge ad uh, for them, for their forward depth. And, uh, I mean, he did score four goals last year. We all remember the four-goal game. So, uh, pumped for him. He, sure, he's pretty pumped. And I know his agent's probably pumped. I mean, going into uh, UFA offseason, how exciting is it to be on a playoff team playing alongside Artemi Panarin and uh, putting up points? So uh, we'll keep an eye. I mean, no, no Jets in the playoffs, so we'll have to keep an eye on someone. And I think Andrew Cobb, there are a lot of Cobb fans here still. There's probably a we'll lot see. of Cobb fans in New York right now, too. Mm -hmm. And kind of one of the things that I was talking about was like with the numbers that he's putting up right now, I mean, 
the happiest guy around is Kurt Overhart right now because um he, he's he's a Kurt Overhart guy, right, Reem? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so because uh, he's making himself a lot of money, um, and Cop for you know in a number of times has bet on himself. Last year, I don't think that was his choice. It was more the Jets' choice. They decided to sign Pionk. They had the other op the, the other additions. There just simply wasn't the money to get Andrew Cop signed long term. Um, and who knows? We'll probably be talking about that for a while, especially if he continues to blossom into the player that we're seeing right now playing in New York. The interesting dilemma or choice, I guess, he's going to have this year, Reem, is I imagine there's some worse teams with more cap space that might be able to dangle a bigger check in front of him. But I also do think that Andrew Kopp wants to be on a competitive team. And uh, listen, I think he's loving it in New York with his old buddy Jacob Truba, who signed there long term. Um, you know, it's a pretty nice spot. I'm just not sure the Rangers would be able to be because of cap reasons, not because obviously they don't have the money, um, you know, to give him the best deal on the market. And that'll be an interesting, interesting choice for cop once we get to free agency as to, or who knows, maybe he gets something done with the Rangers before even going there because he likes it so much. And certainly he's fit in there quite well. I mean, I have a feeling it's pretty safe to say that the Rangers would be his first choice considering how it started off with him after he came there from Winnipeg. Yeah, if you could play alongside Artemi Panarin, that's a really, really <laughs> nice spot. Ryan Strom is a UFA there. Maybe he would take some of their their room. I mean, I I don't know where he would fit in. Not a lot of salary coming off off the books there. Uh, the one thing for him, us uh, Andrew Kopp, and you look at the Jets. You have to wonder going into this season: Did the Jets make the mistake here, letting him go? And bringing in these defensemen, you look at the Jets, you know, forward group, I think depth, definitely a concern. You lose Cop, you lose a lot of that depth. And and going with the two defensemen in the offseason, now you didn't sign them to contracts, but you traded for guys who have term when maybe you could have signed signed Cop. I wonder oh, if we'll look back on, on if they're kind of regretting that now. Well, listen, I know Kenny and Rennie were saying, I guess they were throwing around the question like, you know, was this, you know, were the acquisitions of Dylan and Schmidt a bust? Mm. And, you know, they said no for a couple of reasons. I don't know. <clears throat> I say yes. And I was fully in favor of it. I mean, I'm not Monday morning quarterback and getting going back. I mean, everyone remembered we were fired up. We were talking about the excitement of this team. But now that we've been through the year, I mean, what those moves did, um, did not accomplish what everyone thought the hoped and thought that they might, which would really solidify the the defense core of the of the Winnipeg Jets. That, you know, has been iffy at times this year. And I don't think they ever got to anywhere close to the level that many people hoped and expected. Um, the other thing was that it ended up basically being a wall for the Vili Hanelas, the Dylan Sandberg, some of the younger players to kind of come up and, you know, get playing time. And then the other side of it was to your point about cop, <clears throat> the minute they made those moves and signed Neil Pionk, I think they all agreed the big focus was on the blue line. All of a sudden, they didn't have the opportunity to keep Andrew Kopp. And who knows? I mean, I, I, I don't want to say that he was taken for granted. Um, but I will say this. A lot of fans, and I mean, God knows, we're going to think back to our conversations at the beginning of the year, talking about Kopp can't finish. And, you know, it was, you know, there were some funny mea culpas in the chat about it. But um, and I know Murat retweeted a piece that he did a couple years ago on what Andrew Kopp is capable of. And I think there is, there has to be some realization that um, maybe more, there was more to get out of Andrew Kopp if he'd maybe been given uh, a little bit more opportunity in some different spots for a more consistent period of time, because he did play all over the place, 
But when the roster was healthy, he wasn't in the top six. Yeah, but you look at the way their roster is. I mean, they're not getting a lot of goals from players outside of the top six, and they need that. And their offseason strategy was, okay, we're going to get these two defensemen. We'll solidify the defense, and we'll be much better at preventing goals, where they're definitely not better at preventing goals this year. And as you said, you've blocked all these other prospects who you know, could be NHL-ready. I think Sandberg has shown that he is. Hainala, uh, Kovacevic's play games, Chisholm's play games. And you don't have any spots for them now because you brought in those guys. Maybe if they would have brought in just one and then signed Cop, that could have been better. But I don't think we'd be in a different situation because, you know, they had they had Cop before. Um, so we'll have to see going forward. But I think that's going to... When we see what Cop signs for in the offseason, I think then you can... Definitely do some looking back and wonder what could have been. But okay, here, I, I, let's I let's also, talk about this right now. How okay. much is he going to get? Well, I'll also say this: I think Cop's been trying to get to UFA since he came into the league when he played. You know, since he signed and played that what one game before yeah, uh, whatever that, that happens to every one of those players yeah. coming out. I mean, that's no different. I mean, he said himself he wanted a long term deal and he was looking at buying a house in the Winnipeg last summer. He, that doesn't sound like he's trying to get to UFA. Yeah, he said that, but okay, okay, that's fair. I, like I thought he was gonna get five before. He has a really good playoffs. Like it could be close, close to could six. Be six. It could be six. <laughs> he like, keeps playing, five. and you're right. The playoffs are gonna be it because people will remember these day, these you know this run. And listen, it's been phenomenal. I think New York is really embracing him, and it is going great for him there. Uh, if he's scoreless and they bow out in five in the first round, all of this doesn't mean a thing. So we're getting to that point of the year where for us here in Winnipeg, we're speaking about meaningless games in the final week of the season because that's all there's going to be. And then it's on to the offseason. But for most of these other legitimate contending teams, figure out who you play in the first round and then it gets real. And uh, regardless, and God, the Leafs uh, know we've talked about that enough, um, you know, with the great season that they've had, all of it will mean nothing if they come up small, especially their big players come up small in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Speaking of the Leafs last night, man, they got whacked 8-1 by the Tampa Bay Lightning. No Austin Matthews, and I think you sort of realize that the Leafs were maybe not playing that one as if it was a playoff game, but uh, in some ways a nice get-right game for the Lightning, who of all those teams have been the one that's sort of been the, the, the most up and down, at least in that division, over the last two, three weeks. Yeah, what's up with the Leafs? Seems like one day they're Stanley Cup champions, <laughs> and then the next day uh, the sky's falling, and they're going to lose in the first round again. I know they missed; uh, they didn't have Austin Matthews, you know, Mister uh, Sixty Goal Guy. Yeah, and oh, hey. uh, they played the backup goalie as well. Sorry, like third uh, Shalgren. What is he? Third, fourth on the depth chart. So, <laughs> although you, know, you see, look at the scores, and you think, okay, this is going to be a potential first round matchup, and it's eight one for Tampa. Losing 8-1 anytime doesn't feel good. So uh, I can't imagine Leafs fans are too thrilled. Their attitude's probably, okay, let's get to the playoffs, just make sure everyone's healthy. And I think that's the attitude in the East with every team because the playoffs have been decided. It's just jockeying for standings position for, for weeks here. Yeah, um, listen, I think no one's going to be too worried about that game last night. If you're going to get your ass kicked by Tampa, do it at the end of the regular season in a relatively meaningless game as opposed to what very well could be that first-round matchup. Now, Dom Zappia asks, Huss, is our decor a failure because we have a terrible bottom six? 
Well, uh, no. I mean, first of all, how much does the bottom six even play? Like the the first the 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 fourth line last night. I think Toninato or Toninato played a little bit more because he was killing penalties. But Svechnikov and Jansen Harkins didn't even get out for a minute in the first period last night. Um, you know, I believe they had less than five for the game. Like the, the fourth line has been insignificant this year because they simply don't play. And listen, I mean, Adam Lowry, I think, has had a really good second half of the season. I do like getting Mason Appleton back, although they haven't seen a lot of production. And I'm I think there's a lot of potential for Morgan Barron. So I mean, the third line, is it where the third line was in years past? Definitely not. It's been a work in progress. But, I mean, sitting around here and talking about this season being on the on the backs of the bottom six to me is ridiculous. I mean, we know who gets all the ice time on this team. It's not the guys in the bottom six. So if we're looking at the forwards, yeah, it's not, the guys, not those guys that play at times minimal, minimal parts. Um, it's been the guys up front. We'll talk about it with Westy coming in in just a second. Really looking forward to this. Hey, before we do that, a big thank you to our newest sponsor on Winnipeg Sports Talk, Wallace & Wallace, Winnipeg's fencing and overhead door specialists. You've seen their fences and trucks all over the city as they've been serving residential and commercial customers since 1946, over 75 years. If you need the security and protection of a new fence or if winter's done a number on your old one, give them a call. They do it all. Vinyl, ornamental, welded wire, chain link, or wood. Wallace & Wallace has the right fence for you. And if it's time to replace your garage, do garage door, you got Winnipeg's largest selection of overhead garage doors. Uh, give them a call, 452-2700 there at Wallace & Wallace. Experts will come down and give you a free estimate. And you can also visit them at wallacefences.com or pop down to their showroom on Lawson Road off Keniston to find out more. Hey, F Apparel here. Uh, our folks are getting us ready for summer. Weddings, parties, going out again. Hey, don't be that guy that leaves his new suit to the last minute. You know you have events this summer. And if you want a fresh look, now's the time to come and see us. Not to mention, you might have not worn the suit in two years, to be perfectly honest. So you might want to see how that one fits, fellas, as well. Uh, the new spring and summer fabrics are in stock and ready. 250 in every style, pattern, or color. And of course, great deals for wedding parties as well. 15% off if you've got a wedding party. Don't bother renting your suits. Get them from F Apparel and you can wear them for the next couple years and look great at the same time. 190 Smith Street downtown. Find out more online, fephapparel.com. And of course, our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market continue to be the go-to spot for Winnipeg's best selection of natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries. Delicious lunch options like Vita Market salad, soup sandwiches, and more. And great barbecue options, including delicious lean bison steaks or chicken. If you can't make it to the store, visit their new, brand new, fully shoppable website at myvita.ca to buy online or schedule delivery with Instacart and check them out at one of seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge. And again, online at myvita.ca. All right. Speaking of supplements, and, you know, and taking care of the temple. I don't think we could have a better segue to bring in our good friend, Troy Westwood, to the program. Westy, what's going on, man? How are you? 
you're smooth on the delivery of all those sponsors. Holy crap, man. How many sponsors you guys got? So, someone said someone said it was the greatest greatest compliment I, I've ever received. Someone said in the chat a few months ago, I was the Connor McDavid of ad reads. And uh, <laughs> nice. I'll tell you what, I will take it because uh, it's yeah. important. You want to do it well. We appreciate the support. But uh, I was thinking about you when we were doing the Vita Health. Hey, great to have you on the, on the show, pal. Listen, before we get to Jets, Bombers, and stuff, I, I wanted to ask you, when you're a few years older, I remember you talking uh, during, like, you know, some big show uh, discussions about the, the Montreal Canadiens of the 70s, about Guy Lafleur. Um, just before we get into and get, you know, down that road of talking about the minutia of the Jets in the offseason, obviously Guy Lafleur's passing is, it, I mean, it seems like if you were a kid at that time, he was one of those players, like maybe like a McDavid now, that you know that created new hockey fans and really made people fall in love with the game. What do you remember of uh, Lafleur? What do I remember? The very well, two things I would remember: just the smoothness of the shot, how we headed into open space, always found open space to get the puck fed to him, and then how can you not think of the hair in the wind as he was skating around too, right? So yeah, just absolute uh, remarkable icon. Anybody from that time frame as a kid or an adult, every single person out there, maybe maybe you didn't even know anything about hockey, right? But if you ever heard one name back then or a handful of names, Guy Lafleur would have been one of them, brother. Just massive legend. Well, and 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 you know, I mean that the incredible history of the Montreal Canadiens, especially in Montreal and the province of Quebec, is is religion. And I mean, that's yeah. not even an, an overstatement. And, you know, we think about, you know, the, the, the sorrow and the, the, the memory of uh, rocket Richard, uh, Jean Beliveau. Uh, I'd imagine that Guy Lafleur is sort of that same guy for just another generation of Habs fans that maybe weren't around during those, uh, glory days of the original six. Yeah. And there you almost bring to light the debate for the Mount Rushmore of the Habs, and good luck yeah. with that, right? Like, holy smack, you might have to squeeze in another face or two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a great point. Well, uh, you know, we'll touch on that with Kenny a little bit later on. But, uh, okay, Westy, um, you know, and maybe this was a good thing to not be talking about this hockey club for four hours each and every morning, because what a way that would have been to start off the day each and every day. But uh, here we are, four games left, team's done for the season. We've heard some very interesting comments from a number of players over the course of this last road trip. Um, I guess start off, uh, how the hell did we get here? What do you make of this disappointment of a season for the Winnipeg Jets? And uh, uh, that, of course, leads into everything that needs to be done in the offseason to try to move past it. It's going to be real hard to, to not swear, I think, Talking a little bit about this, and I'm just gonna. Hey, take we're on this, the net. Go for it. Fire I'm away. I'm gonna take this straight to the street. You know, like speaking to season ticket holder after season ticket holder of sports fans, Jets fans that I know love sports, uh, were enthralled with the team. Man, there's a lot of people really deeply pissed, and even more frightening, maybe that apathy, right? The folks that are apathetic, and any of us that lived in the city. And, and saw the interest sort of wane a little bit with the numbers. And then, of course, you lose your team. Like, I don't know. I, I, I just feel a little bit scared about that. But this team, how can you like this team, man, the, the way that they play? And then during the season, say, like, for motivational issues. And I'll tell you this right now, Huss. If this is – if I'm Kevin Dayoff, and I know, if anything, we know this team and the organizing structure, ownership, management are 
are probably loyal to a fault. And wouldn't you love to sit down for a wobbly pop two, three, four, five hus with Paul Maurice and find out why did you walk away, man? Like what was going on in that room that was so difficult to deal with that you decided to walk away and not being able to reach into the guts and the DNA of the team to get them to play the right way. Were there some flaws possibly with system structure being put in place? Maybe, right? You can't play Paul Maurice. And then for Lowry to come in and and for this group to not respond in any way whatsoever, any measurable way. You think about the, the if this team loses a head coach like Paul Maurice, it's been there forever. There should have been some sort of response, right? We all remember the response, Claude Noel to Paul Maurice. It was like they just cranked it up some percentage and it was a different team. That never happened with Dave Lowry at all. There is a serious problem in the in the room. I don't think there's any denying that at this point in time. And I'll tell you this, man, if I'm Kevin Sheveldayoff Huss, 55 is already traded. I'm waiting. I'm just, it's done. I'm moving that guy. He, You can't, you're starting top line center. Can't break out into hives every time it's demanded that he contributes 100% defensively. I'm done with that. And maybe he's got a late sort of epiphany that'll hit him, right? He's not a kid anymore. He's a, maybe he's about at that age where things really kicked in for Blake Wheeler when he started just skating his ass off up and down the ice. Remember the arrival here? Sometimes it would be asked, where's Wheeler? What's going on with this game? And you might have a darn good friend of yours, Huss, that sort of pushed a couple buttons, caused some trouble, and then all of a sudden, it, I mean, I don't know the role that it played, but something happened with Blake Wheeler that he changed as a very mature player in a Jets jersey. It, it changed. Something changed, and he was skating his ass up and down the ice. Something is wrong with the heart of 55. I don't know what it is, man. I don't know if it's that contract, if uh, maybe he's pissed that he didn't get paid more when that long-term cut. Something has happened. That statue that Paul Maurice talked about that would be outside of the arena is never going to freaking happen, man. RFPs I, are still out. with 55. Yeah, RFPs are still out on that. And listen, yeah. I've been talking about this all, and it sort of brought it up early, and it took a lot of people, the media people that we were talking about it off guard. But, I mean, early on in the season, and to me, this is not really anything new, I hate to say it. I mean, Mark Scheifele is an incredibly talented player and has done a lot for the Winnipeg Jets. But if you want to be an elite championship level team, yep. you absolutely need those guys to not only be doing what they're doing offensively, but leading by example. And I'll say this, Wheeler has always, for the most part, always been that guy. I mean, we've never questioned his effort or intensity or commitment to the game. It was very easy to question Mark Scheifele at times this season about that. And I think that's been something like if fans are saying that, Think of how closely people within the organization and within the dressing room watch the games and what that does. Yeah. And, you know, for Paul Maurice, I'll hang a lot of this on him in that I really believe that, you know, he's a smart enough guy that when he realized that, okay, what's going to be good for me and the team going forward? Well, listen, if I want to, I've been fired a few times. I want to stick around here. I better be aligned with the guys that are going to be here. It's Blake Wheeler and it's Mark Shifley for a long time. And I think the lack of accountability, particularly on 55, set a terrible example for a number of other players. And um, and I think that sucked a lot of life out of this club. And nothing really changed under Dave Lowry, as we saw. And I'll tell you what, uh, Westy, we're looking at, I was talking about the Vancouver Canucks yesterday. The Canucks under Bruce Boudreaux had that great boost. They kind of, you know, got back to probably who they are. And, you know, right now, 
with very faint playoff hopes. They have been playing their asses off night in and night out. Um, and going into last night, had 13 of a possible 14 points. You look at the Winnipeg Jets over this last little while, and I know we heard the right things. Hey, we're still in it. We got to run the table. I mean, run the table. I mean, they ran the table on this road trip, the reverse running of the table. And it sort of seemed like they've known that it's been over for a long time. But um, to me, I think many of these things we've been seeing are nothing new. And I'll put this to you because often when we have this conversation, to me, it goes back not to last season, the season before, to 1819. You know, you had that great run to the conference finals. We all remember what the expectations were. Um, and to be honest, it was maybe cocky. The fans got involved in it too. It was sort of like, oh, okay, yeah. oh, it's great. This team's so good. Let's get to the playoffs. And well, at the midway point of the year, at New Year's, I think the Jets were second overall or right around there. They stunk in the second half of the year. They seemed to be lost at times. They had extended losing streaks. There was all sorts of, well, we all remember the players, the closed door meeting after game 81 in Colorado that year. And, you know, the first round exit to St. Louis and maybe nothing was more telling. We could say what happened on the ice. Nothing was more telling than those exit meetings that year where it was obvious that this team wasn't all on the same page. And Listen, I'm not saying that Paul Maurice established a hierarchy. Well, I guess I kind of am. I mean, there sort of was a hierarchy of those guys. It was a glass ceiling for other players. And man, it's just quite obvious that when you are building a team and you've been on some great teams, you've been on some bad teams too. You know what makes good teams. You need to have everybody pulling on the same rope for the same reasons. And I think it's pretty hard to make a case that that has been happening at all for the last while with the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, and when you talk about cultivating the culture and, you know, giving out responsibility, demand to your players, man, coaches these days are in a tough spot, brother, like to demand and extract a certain level of play from guys. And some, though, do seem to be able to do that, some of the coaches, but most certainly that that seems to be something absolutely missed with Shifley. And the weird thing to me, brother, is that his buddy on the wing there plays a certain way. Like, I... How do those two guys, what's going on in that relationship specifically where you have one guy for a long time, years, that whatever deficiencies might be in the game of Blake Wheeler, the guy's giving you everything that he got, that he's got. And the guy in the middle is not doing that, man. I, I just, I don't understand even how they, what's going on with their relationship. I don't understand how Shifley wouldn't have grown and evolved into uh, someone that was way more dependable in two-way overall. But like I said at the start of this hus, and like you said, you cannot win a championship or you cannot be a cup contender in the NHL if your top line center isn't giving you everything that he he's got in both directions. And if that's like, there's no question, Hus, that, um, and I couldn't believe on a, a global the the interview with John Shannon saying thinking that Dave, like, are you? Lowry should be back next year. If that happens, season tickets are going to split in half or something, man. Well, but, like, come on. You're so right. And I mean, I've sort of been saying this. Like, if the situation was different, if this was year four or year five, I mean, maybe we aren't having or expecting the change that we are. But you nailed it. I mean, there's a serious amount of angst and, to your point, growing apathy amongst fans. Yeah. Um, they've lost a lot of people. And for the first time since this team came back, they're – you know, we're, we're, we're seeing the ads during the games. I was talking about it on TikTok and on Instagram the weekend before. Now it's right in front of our face in the intermission. And it's Nikolai Ehlers, it's Josh Morrissey, it's Pierre-Luc Dubois, and it's Kyle Connor. 
that's not that is not a coincidence guys i'm just telling you right now that's the core going forward and and they know that those are the people that i think most fans resonate with and are excited to go and support and hopefully see more out of so i mean that is all there but because of those situations i don't even think it's an option for them to maybe do what maybe they would have done in the past and that's why i think we're going to see to your point i think a significant change amongst the core and i'm with you i think it starts with 55 certainly coaching will be i mean i there's no way you can sell that i mean they might think that you know this is the bill belichick of hockey going forward but after the season that they've had if they want to have people excited about the upcoming season i think they need somebody new let me put this to you westy i mean if uh, if they brought you in and said hey give us some feedback on what kind of a coach you think this team needs i mean is there a name or at least just a style or uh or what do you want in a leader that might be able to come in and put this team on a different track and establish that culture Kyle Connor said that needs to start building right now after game 75? That's a great question, Huss. And I'm, I wish we could go back two years, a year for sure, to be asked that question, because there were some names floating around out there, right? And we would talk about it in the morning of the now deceased TSN 1290. We would say, hey, man, would you got... Lant and you got Boudreau out there that are floating around. Man, doesn't that look like someone that you might be interested in and someone that's going to play a more sound game starting from Hellebuck out? Like maybe the any any coach that's going to catch my attention, Huss, is going to be that kind of cut from that sort of cloth here, right? Like we, we're going to, for the first time in a long time with this, the Winnipeg Jets organization, let's the whole defense out thing. I'd like to, and I'm way more of that. Like I enjoy teams like that. I know that there's all kinds of uh, offensive minds out there that enjoy more offensive flair and things like that. But I'm so sick and tired of this team being tragically flawed defensively, man. I, going back to Jacob Truba saying that the difficult thing, it, it was a quote in a, in a piece that was written in The Athletic said, sometimes defensively it's hard to know who we're supposed to be covering. And, and when I read that, I was like, come on, man. Right, like so, they're just solve that piece of the puzzle and let's move forward up the ice, sort of thing. But yeah, for a specific name, Huss, I don't have an individual on the tip of my tongue like I would have had in the past for sure. But they've got to, and I think, like you're saying, because of where we are in this time frame here, and of course, this will be a big call by Chevy, right, to roll the dice on a young, fresh dude that maybe doesn't have NHL experience yet. Or can you bring in someone that's established that you know probably what what's going to be delivered here? What a massive upcoming hire if it's about to happen by Chevy. I mean, this this hire will define his tenure undoubtedly. Yeah, this entire offseason. I mean, assuming that he's the one pulling the trigger on that, I mean, this is it. I mean, you're going into year 12 after a disappointing season like this. There are... Uh, huge decisions to be made that you know certainly will shape the next few years and we know how important these next few years are because of the contracts that are with us troy westwood's with us westy hey before we go how are you feeling about the bombers looking to uh, try and make it three in a row coming up in a few months man i'm excited for the season how cool is that huh and you know what i'm really like i i'm gonna miss uh harris i'm gonna miss him but the studs they've got behind them the canadian mm -hmm. studs that they got behind them brother i can't wait to watch them right let the reins go a little bit this team they're the favorites man nobody right now is better than the bombers they got all that culture still everything's in place 
Can you imagine ripping off a back-to-back-to-back after that god-awful drought that all those loser players were involved with? If they could go (laughs) back-to-back-to-back? Oh my God! Wouldn't that be something, man? Well, you know what? And just you know, as we uh, as we check out, um, it's it, it's fascinating because God knows. I mean, we spent a lot of time talking about some terrible bomber teams, and you know how the organization was broke, and the culture of the team was terrible, and blah blah blah. Now think about these conversations we're having right now. Never did I think we'd be talking about the local hockey team and going, if only they could emulate what has been built over with the football team but that's exactly where we are right now because they have built a championship culture they've cashed in on it they've done it again and now excuse me players coming here know that they're walking into a situation with a bunch of winners they know how to do it and you get in you're part of that team you pull on the same rope and hopefully get those same results. It's a, it's a pretty incredible difference between where we're at right now, but uh, certainly it's going to make for a fun summer at IG field and a very interesting one talking about everything going on with the jets. Westy. Thanks so much. Let's catch up soon again, pal. Really appreciate you joining us. Take care, brother. All the best. Everyone's firing up much love to you in the chat as well. It's uh, been too long. Ugh, the one and only Troy Westwood. Well, um, from one great friend of ours to another, Kenny Weeb's coming up. But just before we do that, uh, it is Ken time, which means time to hydrate. And you know, when we hydrate, (laughs) we do it with our friends at Culligan Water, the experts in the water game for over 65 years in business. 1200 Sergeant Avenue. You can give them a call at 694-5180. Whatever your office, your home, your cottage needs, they've got it for you. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home and drinking water systems and citywide water delivery services, as well as commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Find out more by popping in to see them at Culligan on Sargent Avenue or check them out online at drinkculligan.com. All right, well, the Manitoba Battery Farm Sale is just finishing up over the next couple days. Still some time for you folks in rural areas that need batteries for the summer to take advantage of some great sale prices including Ford and Chevy half-ton batteries for only $79.50 and a 900-amp top-post utility battery for $72.50. Best thing you can do is phone your order in to 783-8787. Donnie and his great staff will have things all ready for you when you come to pick up quick and easy down on 1026 Logan Avenue. And for those of you doing some work after hours outside of work, good news, Manitoba batteries back to summer hours, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., to make sure that you've got time to pop down and see them for whatever you need. And of course, it's a complete time saver. They'll also deliver citywide. And the bottom line is you'll save big over the big boys at Costco or Canadian Tire. Shop local, save time and money with Manitoba Battery. Find them online at manitobabattery.com. And I was over in Royal Sports yesterday, gang. Holy smokes, the store is packed right now. We've got all sorts of things ready for spring. Baseball, softball, soccer, bikes, fitness gear, the best selection of shoes around, both casual and athletic. The massive hockey hockey superstore and Blue Jays gear, Jets gear, Bomber gear, NFL draft coming up. Love the draft caps. It really is the greatest store on earth. Pop down and see them, 750 Pemina Highway and Follow them on Insta at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and sales. All right, let's enter into Weeb's world now and welcome a fully hydrated Ken Weeb to the program. Weeber, what's going on? How uh, how are you, my friend? How's 
Tremendous to be with you. Uh, very good product placement uh, right there with the uh, Culligan man. And uh, I I'm here to bring uh, some sunshine on this cloudy day. And first of all, uh, major props for having uh, the Gus bus, David Gustafson on. Tremendous interview with him uh, yesterday. Uh, I love the way that his face lit up when you referenced the Gus bus. Uh, not lost on yourself or your viewers or listeners, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, fun fun weekend of hockey uh, around the bend. Uh, we had a busy day yesterday. James Patrick, just absolutely tremendous in uh, discussing his uh, career path and building a winning culture with the Winnipeg Ice on leading into tonight's uh, opener against the Prince Albert Raiders. And uh, John Shabbat uh, obviously told some uh, incredibly great stories about Guy Lafleur and others, but obviously with the tough news of uh, Guy's passing, uh, that ended up being pretty timely. Uh, we had an uh, energetic post-game show, Huss, as you also know. And uh, obviously, too, yesterday was a was an, it was an important day, I think, for the franchise uh, with what we heard from Jets captain Blake Wheeler as well. Yeah, no doubt. Lots to get to. Hey, just before we dive into the Jets, I mean, Guy Lafleur. Um, you know, I, I don't remember. I wasn't really old enough to remember the Habs of the 70s. Um, I think I sort of first remember him playing, you know, at the end of his time with Montreal and then he retired, but then I certainly remember him coming back and it was so weird for so many Habs fans to see him playing for the Rangers and the Nordiques. But when you think about the legends of Montreal Canadiens hockey and Westy, a great question, and I don't even know the answer for this, but if you're doing a Mount Rushmore of Canadians history, um, you know, we saw the outpouring of grief when uh, the rocket Richard passed away. Jean Beliveau, I would think that for another generation of Habs fans, Guy Lafleur is that guy. I mean, what do you remember about the flower? Well, that's the first thing uh, when you think of the flower, you think of him uh, burrowing down the wing and winding up for a clapper that uh, beats so many of the goaltenders uh, over his many, many years with the Montreal Canadiens, the fabled group there. Um, for me, Huss, uh, my, 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 one of my favorite personal stories uh, of Guy Lafleur, uh, the mighty W.C. Miller Aces. When I was in grade nine, we had a uh, a trip to Quebec City um, on a situation where we did an exchange with a with a hockey team in Lennoxville. And part of that exchange program, we got to see a game. Huss, when you mentioned Guy Lafleur with the New York Rangers, um, it was a weird sight to see Guy in a Rangers jersey. Uh, but my recollection as a, as a 14 year old uh, small town kid from Eltona was that every time Guy touched the puck, they roared for him, which, as you know, is odd for someone who was a Canadian, but also someone who played for the Nordiques. I mean, he was beloved uh, by not only the province, but by the hockey world in general. And for me, it was really special to see Guy Lafleur live in that kind of a setting. And it was against, I think it was Joe Sackick's rookie year as well. So that dynamic of seeing kind of the, the past and the future at the same time uh, was really, really neat. And especially for me, Huss, because at that age, I was a listed player by the Swift Current Broncos and then seeing Joe Sackick live, uh, you know, at 14, I hadn't figured out that I had no hands and I still had some dreams of playing in the <laughs> NHL. So uh, to be able to see the legend against uh, the rookie uh, was something that was really cool for me. But I mean, Guy Lafleur, just an absolute legend. Um, one of the, you know, one of those guys who you knew played without a helmet had the flowing locks. Uh, he was flying down the wing. Uh, so many of those great calls on Hockey Night in Canada, the Lafleur scores. Um, that's what I think of when I think of Guy Lafleur, and our thoughts are with his family and, and many friends. 
Yeah, no doubt. I mean, a huge outpouring of uh, mourning right now amongst uh, the entire province of Quebec and really the hockey world with the passing of uh, Guy Lafleur. Uh, all right, well, let's get to it. Um, hey, and one other thing. You mentioned James Patrick. We had him on earlier this yeah, week. Yeah. I mean, what a uh, listen, what a job he's done with that club. What a team they are. And as disappointed as everyone is about uh, about where the Jets are right now. I mean, we talked to Gabe Gustafson, as you mentioned. He was fired up about the playoffs. I'm really looking forward to seeing what the Moose can do going for a Calder Cup. And starting tonight, we've got the ice going at it with PA. Heavy favorites, of course, is the number one team in the Western Hockey League. And uh, you guys are going to be doing a little extra duty today, uh, teeing up the game at five o'clock, are you going to be doing that live on location or uh, back from yeah. the, uh, from the weave dome? <laughs> no, no. Yes. We are heading down to the ice cave at uh, Wayne Fleming arena for a, a five to six version of the Kenny and Rennie show. So uh, hopefully that your audience can stay occupied for that two hour window and then join us uh, leading into that. We've got an awesome show. We got Sam Cosentino prospects guru coming on with us from Sportsnet. Uh, Jake Heisinger, the assistant GM will join us from, I think five 15 to five 30. And then uh, Peter Labardius, a long time, uh, you know, fan of the Western Hockey League. Uh, he's got some great insight, uh, you know, dating back to seeing Carson Lambos as an affiliate player back in the Kootenai days. So a uh, fun show, one hour special. And yeah, you're right. I mean, I listened to that interview with James that you had with him also, Huss. Uh, just fantastic. And I mean, man, for the folks who didn't listen to either one, invest a bit of time. Like this guy oozes passion for hockey. Uh, he's done an exceptional job with the, with the team that's just had a remarkable season, Huss. I mean, you know, one of the best teams in Canada. They are one of the favorites. I mean, yes, we know that the Edmonton Oil Kings are a very good hockey team, but uh, they're a great hockey. The Ice are one of the best teams in the in the in the absolute country, and this is going to be a great matchup. I mean, James talked about it. I mean, the PA Raiders are one of the teams that played the Ice the hardest this year. You know, taking three of the eight meetings. Uh, the you know the Ice obviously won five of them and lost two in extra time, but. Uh, one regulation loss coming to them. But, man, what a season. They've got a ton of young, pro talented prospects, but they're veterans. I love the stories that James told us about the Owen Petersons and the guys that had to sort of suffer through those early days of the rebuild uh, when they, you know, sure took those early steps to instituting culture. And I love what he said about Peyton Krebs and how what you talked about, us, how Peyton Krebs, even though he's graduated to the NHL, his fingerprints and his leadership lives on with a very talented group of both, you know, that has melded the youngsters with the veterans to put together just a remarkable season in the Western Hockey League here. Yeah, well, folks, if you want to see some great hockey this weekend, games one and two tonight and tomorrow at the Ice Cave, go to Winnipeg Ice, the website for more information on tickets. And if you haven't seen this team so far this year, I guarantee you. It is well worth your while to head down to the University of Manitoba and get in there for this playoff action tonight in the Western Hockey League. Um, let's quickly go to last night's game. I mean, honestly, Remus and I didn't spend a ton of time talking about it right off the bat. I mean, that you know, it, it, it's you know, funny enough, it's more what we're hearing from the players as much as what's on the ice is what we're talking about right now because of everything happening around this club. But um, you know, got a couple early goals. Eric Comrie, a phenomenal game last night. Um, and it wasn't like I thought that the effort wasn't there. But, Ken, was this just a case of uh, the Jets going up against a team that's in just another class of uh, of the National Hockey League than them? Yeah, Huss, I think that's a, it's a fair way to put it. And, you know, again, you applaud the effort because that's basically all the team, you know, and self-respect, as Blake Wheeler pointed out. That's what the Jets have to play for in those last five games. And they definitely put forth an effort that they could be happy with. But, 
Having said that, they still got outshot two to one and they gave up four unanswered goals. Yes, uh, one of them is an empty netter and one of them is controversial. But um, when, when we're talking about a standard Hus and a standard of excellence, um, being outscored 20 to seven against four of the best teams in the East is not what you would call a high standard when you're trying to get back to contender status. And we know right now, Hus, the Jets do not hold contender status as a team that has missed the playoffs. But um, the bar has to be raised, and I think that's what we've been hearing from all the players and the coaching staff uh, in the in the last little while here. Yes, right now it's about effort, and as Nate Schmidt said, they're in the business of trying to win as many games as possible. But um, if you want to get back to being considered to be among the elite teams, you need to show that you can hang with the elite teams and not get, uh, you know, not staying close to them is not what you, I mean, again, that's not an accomplishment. That's not what a team or a franchise is looking for. Now, having said that, I thought that their effort was steady. Um, you know, we had a you know important game from Pierre-Luc Dubois, and yes, Kyle Connor had another nice goal. I thought the defending was, in terms of keeping the shots to the outside, that was actually true. But Eric Comrie still had to make a number of uh, ridiculous saves in order to keep that game as tight as it was for as long as it was uh, before the uh, goal from Seth Jarvis, who, I mean, again, I thought that Eric Comrie explained it incredibly well. Uh, we spent a lot of time on our post-game show discussing it. I think at the end of the day, unless the referee is behind, in a better position behind the net to see the strap comes off, you can't challenge the fact that the helmet came off. You can only challenge when the contact happened. And I think, honestly, it was incidental contact. Eric Comrie's skates were in the blue paint, but I think where his head was when Com or when Jarvis went to get the rebound, I think it was called properly in terms of the challenge portion. Uh, but I want that play whistled down. I don't want a goalie playing without a mask. And yes, he was not put in harm's way, but you can't be sure of that when the play is happening. So, but again, it wasn't just about mm -hmm. one play. The Jets needed to uh, find a way to, they just didn't get enough offense, right? I mean, they didn't sustain a lot of pressure on anti Ranta and they didn't really generate a whole lot in the, in the second half of the game. Yeah. I mean, the thing that, burnt me was the the penalty call on josh morrissey at the end of the second yeah. period i thought that i mean considering what they'd been letting go um you know to give them that opportunity and the minute it happened i mean i said to the guys this is going in for sure and uh, lo and behold it did and it's a one goal game going into the uh, the third period and uh jets for the first time lost in regulation in a game that they were leading going into the third period but I think that also goes, also goes to show there wasn't enough leads going into the third period over the course of uh, course of this entire team uh, season. Um, we'll get to the four games le left, but um, yesterday we did hear from Blake Wheeler. Um, and, you know, Wheeler's such a complicated guy. And it's a complicated situation. Um, you know, I thought you did a great job last night of, you know, sort of framing a couple instances where something that was actually meant to be completely complimentary to Blake was somehow taken as a self-perceived slight. Um, but it was a very different tone from the captain that we heard yesterday. And, um, you know, for my money, I would have far preferred to hear that frankness and honesty from Blake earlier in the season. Um, for whatever reason, we didn't. But um, what, what was your reaction to what we heard from Blake and what can we take away from that considering a lost season, four remaining games and um, the most interesting offseason we've probably had ever since the Jets came here from Atlanta? Yeah, I, I certainly appreciated the tone, Huss. And as someone who's covered all 11 seasons of Blake Wheeler, I mean, it's evolved. He's evolved as a person. I mean, when he came to Winnipeg, he was a young guy finding his way in the NHL. And now he's been a captain since 2016. And 
the volume of interviews has uh, been steadily on the rise. Uh, you know, yes, this season he hasn't been at the podium a lot. And uh, I can understand why, you know, you and Sean and others would like to have seen him more. I mean, I, I'd like to have seen him more too, especially in that tone, because when Blake is in a reflective state, he can be very revealing and insightful and articulate. So, uh, yeah, I would like to see that more. I think there's been a lot, uh, a lot happening in Blake's life. Uh, he's got a lot on his plate. And I think the most important thing, Huss, that we saw yesterday was that if you were a fan of the Jets and you thought that Blake Wheeler had checked out or that he didn't care about winning anymore, that was obviously not the case, the way that he spoke about how frustrated he was by what is happening. Uh, this is not a player who is, you know, just accepting the losing. Um, I, I thought he was important that he took accountability. He knows as the captain, he's in charge of setting the culture. And and that, that's a big part of his responsibility. And, and I thought that he took that upon himself. Again, some people are saying that it's lip service. They're entitled to that opinion. But us as someone who's been around Blake Wheeler, I don't think that was just lip service. Blake just doesn't do something for public sentiment. That's not kind of how he's wired. So, I mean, ultimately it's going to be down, come down to action. Uh, but I thought it was an important tone that he set. And now, again, now it's all about action. It's about seeing how the Winnipeg Jets uh, attack the roster construction and what they're going to do to uh, eliminate or at least, you know, improve some of their deficiencies. And ultimately, to, for me, that's the most important thing. But I thought that the words were, were important. And I, you know, I commend him for taking that position. I mean, I also get it. I mean, could he have taken it a bit earlier? Yes, but Blake, Blake's the kind of person that he's not going to talk about hypotheticals until their team is absolutely out of it. Does that mean he can't say they can do some things better? I understand that viewpoint, but um, although he can be combative in public with the media, he doesn't like to say negative things about his team. And I understand some people that's not for them but that's the way that it is with him. So, you know, I think you need to adjust your, you need to adjust your expectations when it comes to those sorts of things. But again, Blake Wheeler on the ice, he's had a pretty good year on a lot of fronts. He's going to be, this is going to sit with him and he'll stew on it for the next couple of months. But this guy knows that he's 35 years old. He wants to win a Stanley cup. And if they want to crack that window open, he's going to have to be part of getting that culture back to where they want it to be and improving the culture and, and, and raising the standard to a place where it was for those two seasons when they made the conference final. And then when they were in first place in the central until that late season slide. It's funny you mentioned culture, Ken, because it's been a hot topic ever since Kyle Connor spoke last week and really not just then. I mean, we've, it's been clearly a topic around the club as we've seen what's happened this year. One of the things that stood out to me yesterday though, when we were talking with Blake, and I, and I don't know how exactly to take this, but he was asked about the culture and he said, yep. you know, he took a lot of responsibility for himself. And then it was, uh, you know, I'm in charge of the culture. I, I, I'm in, and there was a lot of eyes. Now you could take this as this is the captain. He's taking the responsibility on his shoulders. But the one thing that got for me, and again, that may very well be the case. It was just the way that it sounded like, but on a team, everyone needs to be part of that culture. It can't be one or two guys that tell everyone what else it is and go from there. And, you know, and that's, I think, part of the reason why we've seen a team that has looked so disjointed at times in that, you know, you've got the coach, 
and obviously before it was Paul Maurice, you've got Wheeler and, you know, and Shifley and certainly Josh Morrissey's turned into an incredible leader this year. And I think born a lot of that on his shoulders, certainly when it comes to talking to the media and then sort of everyone else. And we've seen a number of younger players like a Kyle Connors and Nikolai Ehlers that have sort of shown more leadership over the course of this year when it really just comes down to straight up accountability. But I do wonder if the way that they are trying to create that culture from a top-down level is missing out, getting more guys in, feeling like they're really a part of it. Yeah, I don't take that interpretation. I know why some people will look at it that way. To me, I think that Blake was, this was more of a falling on your sword type of yeah. situation and that he's in charge of setting the example. Not that he, it, it's not a my way or the highway situation or scenario. And I think that you're right. And I, honestly, I think that you know part of the reason Blake hasn't been at the podium as often is because he wants other guys to be able to speak out and give their thoughts and opinions on where the team is going and where the things are at with them. So I think we have seen an, an expansion of the leadership group, if you will, uh, in terms of how Nikolai Ehlers and Pierre-Luc Dubois and some of those guys have stepped into more of that type of role this year. Uh, I don't think it's a matter of Blake deferring, but I do think it's a, a more a matter of inclusion. And as you mentioned, having more guys feel a part of it. And Kyle Connor, he's had a strong voice this year. And I think it has it was important for him to have that strong voice and speak out on a number of levels and talk about the the need to, you know, continue to work on and improve team culture and and you know have accountability and you know improve defensively at some of the areas that they have have not done a good enough job at. Um, you know, and a couple of people in saying we have been talking about culture ever since the end of the 2018-19 season. I mean, with the way that that season ended, um, you know, the first round exit. Uh, have you seen any change in the culture at all in the last three years? Or are we pretty much back where we were at the end of that year, which ended up in incredible disappointment? Yeah, I mean, this thing is is something that I, I'm just not, I mean, again, I'm not trying to do, you know, punt on the play. Just the fact that the rooms have not been open since 2020 it's just hard to get a feeling of what things are like in the room. You're not having, you know, in-person conversations or, you know, things on the side where you can ask someone uh, questions, maybe of those type of magnitudes. Um, for me, this is very simple, Hus. If you aren't winning, it's hard to have a winning culture. I mean, when the Atlanta Thrashers moved to Winnipeg, they didn't have a winning culture because they'd only been to the playoffs one time and they weren't used to winning or even competing that often for playoff spots. So, uh, you know, the Jets built up that culture by having, you know, a franchise record season and then, you know, following that up with a strong, you know, 65, 62 games. Um, but the last couple of years have been tough on the, when it comes to winning. So uh, it's tough to have a winning culture. If you're not winning, uh, nobody likes losing. Uh, at the at any level, whether it's amateur sports or at the highest level, but there are certain standards you need to adopt when it comes to trying to get back to those winning feelings and vibes. So uh, I think those are the things that that need to happen uh, in terms of some of the same issues taking place. Yeah, that's true, Huss. I mean, the Jets aren't rolling their fourth line enough, and that's been a problem now probably for the majority of the eight years. I don't even know why they bothered dressing a fourth line. We were joking yesterday that maybe they go like uh... – I don't know, 9-10 or like 9-9 instead of 12-6. You know, we can get all the young defensemen in because, I mean, what did those guys even play five minutes last night? They I did think Toninato did because he got a couple yeah. PK shifts. But uh, like at yeah. this point in the season, I mean, make make sense of that to me, Ken. 
Uh, I can't, and it's another reason why. Uh, again, I, I'm not certain. That, I mean, I, I know what Dave Lowry said yesterday about not needing to audition people, and and just one quick one. When we we often talk about the allotment of call ups, so with today's uh, you know change with Dylan Sandberg moving into a regular recall instead of emergency, the Jets have used two of their four available recalls, and. I will still be surprised if David Gustafson does not get a carrot before the year is over in these last, I'm not saying for all four home games, but I do expect we will see David Gustafson before the year is over. Uh, if they don't, I think that's a missed opportunity. Well, I, Dave Lowry literally said yesterday, I this is the lineup we're going for the rest of the rest. I know what he said. I know what he said, but uh, when it comes down to the last two games, I don't know that that will be the, you know, I think that's one of those things that you say in the moment and it can change in time. Um, but again, I could be wrong, and they maybe they won't roll with uh, with that or give another defenseman a chance. But I think they should, and I do think they still will. Um, yeah, I mean, come next season, Huss, this is very simple. David Gustafson needs to be on the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, if he's on the fourth line, you know, whether that's with Morgan Barron or someone else, I don't know who's on the right side, if it's Svechnikov, Harkins, or, uh, you know, a, a six-foot-four guy who brings a little bit more edge to the lineup, or maybe it's a guy like Jeff Malott, like he talked about. Maybe there's a guy who comes up and steals the jar or wins the job. Um, they need to play their fourth line eight to 10 minutes a game. David Gustafson can kill penalties. It's part of his specialty. So you're, you know immediately that he can do that job. Morgan Barron, he's a smart guy. I can't imagine that he can't kill penalties or that he hasn't done it in the past. So, if you have that right out of the gate, you have two guys on the penalty kill. You can get them some minutes. Uh, Tony Otto, I think, is best suited for a 13th forward role. You can play him with you when you have injuries. And again, if he wins the job on the fourth line, all the power to him, then you have another guy that can kill penalties. Uh, if it's Svechnikov or Harkins, one of those guys have got to find their way into a you know second power play scenario where they can try to help that way. But Hus, you're not just playing for 82 games. If you want to be a contender, you want to play for two more months after that. So you can't ride as much as those guys love their 20, 22 minutes. You can't ride your top players 22 to 24 minutes and expect them to have gas left in the tank in June. You just can't. So playing the fourth line is going to be an essential um, quality for the Jets in the fall. And it's something that I am a little bit confused why they – haven't looked to use that line a little bit more now. Yesterday, has quickly, I'm not taking the coaching staff off the hook because I think they should have played more. There were five power plays in the first period. So that's 10 minutes of ice time that is allotted specifically to special teams. So I get it that they got lost in the shuffle there. But if you're Yevgeny Svechnikov, us, on your first shift, you had a scoring chance taken away when you drew a penalty. So as a fourth line player, <laughs> you want to make an impact. Make a hit, get a scoring chance, draw a penalty. If you do that on your first shift, you're expecting to be tapped on the shoulder a, f a few more times in the period. And and when you're not, it can be disheartening. So uh, they got to find a, a way to get those guys more involved. And I expect them to because there really is no other way to succeed. It, look, look at the teams that are successful and look at the teams that are on this road trip. All those teams play their fourth line, right? I mean. It's part That's of what good teams do. Successful. That's what makes them good teams. Right. And, that, and when the Jets went to the conference final, they played their fourth line. But their fourth line was some combination of Matthew Perot, 
Brian Little, Jack Rosovic, and Yoel Armia. Like, that, that's a pretty good fourth line, but the Jets haven't had that since, but they have to find that moving forward. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, back to Wheeler for a minute. Um, listen, we talked about the honesty and kind of falling on his sword yesterday, and he, I mean, he sounded defeated. I mean, this team has been defeated this year. Um, and I and I hesitate to do this because I've been backing Blake. He's been taking a lot of shots this year, and I mean, I have never questioned his commitment or, uh, you know, how hard he works or the example that he tries to set. There was an incident last night's game, though, where at the end of a shift, and it was the long change where he had to go back. I mean, he basically glided from inside the blue line and had the Canes who were coming out essentially pass him on the rush, leaving his man to come on was late. And when I saw that, I mean, it was just so uncharacteristically not Wheeler. And it sort of made, it was like the live action version of what we heard from him saying earlier. And uh, it was just a really concerning sign that a guy that has always been the driver that really sets the standard you know, could look like that in the game that they were still very much in at this point. And um, I don't know if you caught it last night. I mean, this is not something that happens all the time, but it's sort of glaring when it's any player, but especially when it's a guy like 26 after what we heard from him earlier in the day. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really notice, to be honest, Huss, and, you know, it happens over the course of uh, a frustration. I think that's probably a combination of frustration and uh, end-of-the-season toll, Um I'm not. I'm not excusing it by any means, but I mean, again, if we if we were if we were taking out the shifts, there were there's much more times where you can see effort. Blake Blake is built on effort, so uh, not not giving him a full haul pass on that one. But I would say that uh, he's got a little bit more in the piggy bank to kind of suggest that that's not a regular. Oh, I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, to me, it's it's just a sign of the times. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And I mean, sign of the times, Huss. I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, change the subject, but Nate Schmidt is the sunniest, has the sunniest demeanor you've ever seen. But look at how downtrodden he was after the game yesterday. Um, And again, losing sucks, Huss. Losing absolutely sucks. And Sometimes things like that creep into a hockey game. I'm not excusing it, uh, but I'm saying it's it's not something that I would I would say. If you're a member of the coaching staff, you're probably you maybe whisper something in in your ear in Blake's ear, but you're not you're not trotting that clip out in the meetings to embarrass a guy, uh, you know, in that scenario because he has enough in the bank that that you know it's one of those things. You're not turning the other cheek either, but I don't think you're going crazy over it. But at the same time, that's like you said you got to back up your words with actions. And in that situation, it probably wasn't a great example. Yeah, no doubt. Ken Weaves with us. Uh, don't forget today, 5 p.m., a special edition to KNR, getting ready for the ice playoff games from out at the Iceplex. By the way, have you guys done a full technical walkthrough before this uh, on-location <laughs> event yet? <laughs> uh, no, Huss. Uh, we are uh, ro- rolling the dice, absolutely. Uh, I'm I'm banking on our, my, my good friend Brian Munns to uh, put us in a location where we don't have... Don't have screwed. feedback. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're we're hoping for a strong internet connection. Uh, we know that technical difficulties are occasionally part of the KNR brand, but uh, we're certainly hopeful uh, that it'll be fantastic. Uh, we did book the time accordingly uh, because we don't have the uh, background sa- ability to mute out the background sound. Uh, we will be off the air before the doors are open and the music is blaring. So. 
Uh, certainly hoping for the best here today. I think it's going to be fantastic. Bring an and Ethernet cable with you. Just trust me on this one. <laughs> Bring an Ethernet cable with you. If you're at all just even considering using the Wi-Fi at the U of M and in Max Bell, um, <laughs> just telling you, just thinking ahead, just problem solving before the problems happen. Uh, that's maybe, coming up. Maybe the CTO can come on site uh, for us today. Maybe if I, if large, I said, con large consulting if, fee for old Michael if, Remus. If I send Remo a text, uh, maybe he will be uh, of assistance but uh yeah and even too hustle we're looking forward to it but uh we've been talking too i think we're also going to try to plan for doing something similar to tee up the manitoba moose playoffs uh, as well so try to shine another light uh on as you mentioned the local teams that will be continuing beyond uh, the regular season this year Let's get the band together. Let's do a little collab. Get the crew together down at the rink. That'd be a good time. Like I'd be I'd be down for it. All right. Um, listen, we are uh, just a couple minutes left, but I do want to get to these final four games. Um, the Avalanche are in town on Sunday. You got Philly and Calgary, which were supposed to be the final two games, and then that game against the Seattle Kraken. Let's let's take Dave Lowry at face value with what he said yesterday, and let's assume that there's going to be no call ups. What uh, what are you going to be looking for in these final four games? What what can they achieve? What can help going forward? Is there anything, or is it just a matter, as Blake Wheeler said, to you know show that you know this group has some self respect and go out and play hard for the final four games for fans that have supported them all year? Yeah, and I think that was an important uh, part of the conversation as well. Has uh, you know, it's a blue collar town, right? So. Manitobans want to see effort, so you provide effort. Uh, you know, there's a few guys playing for individual milestones. I mean, Pierre-Luc Dubois hit, you know, tied a career high yesterday. I think he'd probably be trying to push for 30, even though, again, he doesn't care about the numbers. But as a guy who happens to be looking for a long-term contract, I would say 30 is a pretty nice round number. Uh, Kyle Connor, 44 goals, ties Patrick Laine for a franchise 2.0. Uh, since the move, anyways... Uh, I think he'll be looking to try to pot a few more goals. Uh, but in terms of structure, you got to have effort. You have to have commitment and you have to sort of start, you know, building some good habits moving forward. Do those build habits or those good habits really carry over into training camp? I mean, that's debatable, but it, again, never too late. I, I would rather you have the good habits potentially carry over than to have lousy habits and then hoping that they suddenly vanish over the summertime. So that's what I'll be looking for. Uh, Dylan Sandberg, I thought, was steady again in his return. Uh, another thing too, Huss, I mean, get Dylan Sandberg on the penalty kill. Next year, Dylan Sandberg should be able to help the Jets as a regular. Penalty killing will be one of those areas where he can help out at. So you don't need to roll out Nate Schmidt and Josh Morrissey. But try Dylan Sandberg. I mean, he had a chance to do it when he replaced Logan Stanley initially. I, I don't see why you wouldn't want to try to, to build his confidence in that area. The more reps a guy can get before he becomes a regular, the better. So uh, I'll be looking for that. And Eric Conry, I mean, he was great last night. He was very good against the Rangers. You know, he's not going to get to 20 starts, but, he, you know, I expect them to play, I'm going to say, three out of the four. I know some people want to see Mikhail Burden. I can understand why. If you're the Jets, are, are, are you setting up Mikhail Burden for a good situation. Um, I mean, he's a guy that he's probably going to be carrying the mail for the playoffs for the Manitoba Moose. Mm -hmm. Is there a risk if things don't go well that he goes down with no con? I mean, he's a confident guy. Huss. We know this about Mikhail. Don't Burden. start him on Sunday. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I would say that's good advice. Uh, good, good advice there for sure. But again, the, the interesting, you know, wrinkle 
with Bird and Huss, next year he's not waiver exempt. So you know what he has at one level. And again, you're not going to learn by tossing him in for one game if he's ready or not. But there might be some temptation to get him a start at the NHL level as well. But most of all, Huss, you know, you got the cool bet shirt on. Most of all, what I'll be looking for during these final four games is if Nikolai Ehlers can get the three, three for sure. Three but I still see I see I see Ehlers hitting 30. Uh, he's going to hit the 30 number for the first time in his career. You're going to cash that winning ticket, and uh, you're going to have a lot of sunshine flowing in uh, for the offseason. Oh, I certainly, uh, certainly hope that you're right, my friend. Uh, and, man, he's had some looks these last couple of games. Oh, man, I mean, yes. especially especially the game against the Rangers. I mean, he could have had a two or three goals. And um, um, are we going to see Dubois and Connor back together before the end of the season? Or do you think that this is just the way things are rolling? And, and maybe just before we go, just your thoughts on Dave Lowry's situation with four games left. I mean, I'm sure the feeling in the coach's office is the same as in the players, same amongst the fans. Very unique situation in that you're – you know, I mean, to many people, and he may not feel that way, but it sort of feels like a dead man walking in a lost season, um, you know, of a team that he probably will not be, you know, in charge of doing the same thing next year. I mean, it's a, it, it sucks all around, but I think especially for Dave, considering the opportunity that he was afforded. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, but I would say this, though, Huss. I mean, I, Dave's been around the game a long time. He knows what it's like for coaches. He knows what it's like as a player. This is a guy who, as you know, he had just been the captain. He was stripped of the captaincy of the Flames. The next year, he found himself in the minors with the St. John Flames, found his way back to the NHL. Like, this is a guy who has basically seen it all at the NHL level. Uh, of course, this was a massive opportunity than something he's been looking forward to for a long time. Uh, I mean, we, we know it hasn't gone as well as Dave Lowry has wanted it to go. but. He, all he can do is focus on the next four games. I mean, he knows that when he has his exit interview, he'll see where it takes him. But uh, for now, all, all he's got to do is try to put his you know, fingerprints on the team. He's got to try to make the best usage decisions that he can and then see where things take him. I mean, we always talk about players coming up. I mean, Dave Lowry's still auditioning for his next job, whether that's with the Jets, uh, whether that's with another organization, whether that means going back to junior the American Hockey League, uh, you know, joining another NHL team as an associate. I mean, those are the things that he's got to be considering. But, I mean, uh, what we know about Dave Lowry puts the team as first. He's going to try to do the best job that he can and then sort of let the chips fall where they may. Okay, well, let me ask you this just on the way out then. Um, I can't imagine that the decision, like Dave Lowry mentioned, this is the roster we're going for. I mean, that's just not made by the head coach. I mean, the general manager is certainly involved in it. Assuming that Kevin Sheveldayoff is involved in that decision, what do you think, like, if you're a fly on the wall in Chevy's booth watching these final four games, what's he going to be looking for, talking for? I mean, from a general manager's situation with this final week of the season on home ice, um, well, what's he looking at? Yeah, I mean, even Dave, like, Dave talked about this with Paul Edmonds in the in the pregame show on CGOB yesterday, Huss. I mean, not every player has a solidified spot in the NHL. And so what you're looking for is who is driving the bus, who is a passenger, and who cares to be involved in the games? I mean, there's a lot of guys that are playing for next year's contracts. I mean, there's other guys that are in danger of being passed on the depth chart. Uh, there are other guys who may be in the top six right now, but maybe maybe getting bumped down next year. There's other guys who would say, I want to seize a spot next year. So you're always trying to leave an impression when you're on the ice. 
And those are the things that a GM would be looking for. Who's mailing it in? Who's giving extra effort? Who cashes in on their chances? Who's creating chances? Who's doing a better job of being a responsible defensive player? I mean, there's all kinds of things that you would be looking for at the end of the day. I mean, I understand too, the temptation as a fan is to say, you know, if you're the Jets, let the Rangers pass you or the Islanders, sorry, and see maybe you can improve your lottery percentage by a point or two. Uh, But if you're a player, you don't care about the lottery unless you win the lottery, right? Because most likely that first rounder is, you know, unless the Jets are in the top five and even then, it's unlikely that player will be on the Jets next year. And as Kyle Connor even said the other day when his follow-up interview happened, you're not thinking three years down the road if you're the Jets. I mean, that's our job, and that's the fans' you know, prerogative. But if you're a player, all you can focus on is today and getting set up for next year because some of these guys are going to be out of the league next year. So if you're one of those guys who's in danger of being out of the league – I would suggest that you don't mail it in this this weekend and next week uh, because it's a good league to be in and you want to be in the league. So uh, I don't think we're going to see the Jets, uh, you know, show any signs of surrender. But I mean, at the same time, I mean, you're facing the gold standard on Sunday. So and that's the other part. Hus. You talk about self-respect and and putting in an effort. If you're not ready to go on Sunday, you're in danger of getting blown out. I mean, that's something, that fear factor is something that can be motivational to us. We saw it in the early days of the Jets when they weren't winning. They would roll into Chicago and think, holy smokes, you know, they put up a couple of banners, we better be ready, or else we're in big trouble. And then you saw Michael Hutchinson uh, out of his mind, you know, making 51 saves and beating Chicago. So, again, moral victories and beating the Colorado Avalanche late. You're not hanging up banners for that, Huss, but... you want to be competitive and when you're competitive, then at least you can feel good about your effort. And after that, you know, these guys know it's a long off season. Let's not kid ourselves. Us. The season's over May 1st. There's no neck. Their next NHL game is in October. So you're going to have a long time to think about the off season. You're going to have a long time to get yourself ready. And you know what, Hus? it's going to be a long summer for some guys because they don't know where they stand or if they're going to be back. So right now you need to show if you want to be part of the solution, that would be my advice to any of the players who are in the lineup, whether you're a regular with the Jets or if you do get a call up from the Manitoba Moose. No, it's a great point. Kenny, listen, looking forward to 5 p.m. when you and Rennie kick it off for uh, game one of the ice playoffs right there on the Kenny and Rennie YouTube channel. Don't forget to bring that Ethernet <laughs> cable as long as possible. Done enough things in Max Bell before. You never know what you're going to be faced with. And uh, enjoy the game tonight. It should be a great one. We will see you down at the rink. Thanks for doing this and have a great weekend, pal. My pleasure, Huss. Uh, how about those Blue Jays starting to get it going? Yeah, big one tonight facing Verlander. It'll be a big test against the uh, against the Astros, but a nice uh, nice series win against the Red Sox going forward. Uh, have a good one, man. We'll talk to you soon. Very weekend. Thanks for having me, Huss. Appreciate All right, it. there it is. The one and only Ken Weeb. Uh, hey, a big shout out to our friends at Not Auto Corp, including Trev, who's out, going to be at the Raptor game tomorrow. Uh, our next guest, I know, big Raptor guy, probably as disappointed as any as to what happened in game number three. Uh, but the rest of the Not team is there for you on the weekend. Of course, Not Auto Corp is the place to find out more about switching to electric with the Tesla experience. And regardless of what kind of car you're looking for, why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Not team? Go down and see them at Waverly and McGilvery, where you can find out more online 
at not.ca. A big cheers to our friends at Little Brown Jug. If you missed the show yesterday, you're going to be able to get the great taste of Little Brown Jug in those 16-ounce cans, 1919s, every Winnipeg Gold Eyes game all season long as the Gold Eyes have gone 100% local beer this year. And we'll also be tipping into a couple beer bats with the Little Brown Jug out at Craft Beer Corner as well. Pop down and see him in William Avenue in the exchange, or you can order online at littlebrownjug.ca and otherwise pick up the uh, great offerings from Little Brown Jug at your local liquor mart or beer store. And of course, Boston Pizza, great place before or after the game. Great sponsor of the ice too. If you're going out to the ice game, maybe you'll pop by the Pemina location for a couple cold ones and a pizza before the game and maybe some victory wings afterwards. And hey, if you're staying at home, you can always look online, bostonpizza.com, check out their great game day deals and get home delivery citywide from our friends at Boston Pizza. All right, we're going to be talking some golf in just a second. And speaking of which, let's give you a quick uh, Breezy Bend golf report at the Zurich Classic of New Orleans. This is a weird tournament. Pairs, um, guys to get together. They've got the... Uh, the intro music, uh, a la, you know, maybe a wrestling intro, if you will. And uh, it is the uh, the big boys, Patrick Cantley and Xander Shoffley, 17 under par. They are in first place. Cameron Tringali and Wyndham Clark, Jason Day and Jason Scrivener in the top three. Let's see where are the Canadian flags are. Adam Hadwin playing with Adam Svensson. Looks like they're on the wrong side of the cut line right now, but they're just getting going. They're seven under par, two in. Uh, they'll need to get to uh, at least eight or nine under. It's alternate shot today. Of course, Breezy Bend, our great golfing partner, cannot wait to get out there this season. If you're looking for a future long-term home for you and your family for golf year-round, or not year-round, but uh, as long as the season is, breezybend.ca. Give our friend Corey Johnson a call. Let you know about options for the waiting list as well as everything going on at Breezy Bend this year and into the future. All right. Speaking of golf, really looking forward to this next segment. Our next guest is a great friend of mine, a great supporter of Winnipeg Sports Talk, but today is joining us as the president of the Canadian Amputee Golf Association, as well as a member of the Governor's Council for Golf Canada, because there is the Golf Manitoba's inaugural All Abilities Tournament coming around. And uh, of course, Christian Hammerback is a great history involved with disabled golf and joins us now. Christian, thanks so much for doing this. Looking good, by the way. You got the Golf Canada hat, a WST shirt, best dressed guest of the of the week. What's going on, my friend? It's awesome to be here, Huss. Thanks so much for having me. It's Friday. It's uh, unfortunately not golf weather just yet, but hopefully that's right around the corner. Um, you know what? Just before we get into this event, I mean, um, I mean, listen, we're good friends and we go way back. But for our listeners, um, uh, tell us a little bit about your personal involvement in uh, disabled golf, and that'll lead us into the All Abilities Championship. For sure. Yeah. So I, I was born missing my uh, my arm just below the elbow. So I probably started golfing when I was about 12 years old and first got involved with the, you know, it was amputee golf back in when I was a junior in the mid 90s. And there's an organization that, that I head up now, the Canadian Amputee Golf Association that uh, has sort of held a national championship for the last 30 years. And so that's really where I've gotten involved with it. And more recently, uh, you know, have, have joined, uh, started with a volunteer with Golf Canada and, uh, you know, they, Golf Canada is now involved with, uh, you know, disabled golf and hosting an event. So 
uh, th that's kind of how I've, I've gotten involved and it's, it's a passion of mine. I love golf and, uh, yeah. Well, you're pretty damn good at it too. Every time we go out, I laugh when one of the twins refers to your cheating contraption that uh, allows you to play. But, um, I mean, listen, I mean, you're able to do it at a very high level and you've played in a number of Canadian championships around how has, um, you know, as we see more and more opportunities for people with disabilities, how have the opportunities for people like yourself to play in tournaments, to get involved in programs, how has that grown? And I guess is this event here part of trying to grow that and allow more people to, first of all, just find out about it, that there are options for people that maybe they didn't even know that were there. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, a, a good chunk of the population would be classified as, as disabled. You know, it's a, it's, it's, you know, a, a significant portion of the population. Right. And, uh, it's really just in the last several years that things have really sort of taken off, and it's you know it's probably started in, in over in Europe uh, with the European Disabled Golf Association, and they've sort of uh, really spearheaded the whole thing for for the world. Um, you know, they've established a world ranking system. Uh, they've partnered with uh, the uh, what's now called the DP World Tour, which was the European Tour, and in fact, uh, for seven events this year on the DP World Tour, they're going to host um disabled golf tournaments at the same time and so golf canada jumped on board uh, last year and will be hosting again this year uh, golf ontario will be hosting their third event uh, and of course golf manitoba uh, is hosting their first event this year which is awesome and even the usga is on board they uh they're hosting their first ever event uh in, in july at uh, the magnificent resort of pinehurst so uh, lots of lots of opportunities for golfers who who are disabled to get involved and uh, compete. Now, um, you know, you mentioned that g the the second uh, Canadian uh, All Abilities tournaments is happening this year in Windsor. But I mean, there have been a number of events beforehand, and it seems like it's more under a national body right now. And um, you know, leading to the reason why we wanted to get you on the program and get this word out to people in Manitoba is that, you know, you, of course, are uh, heading up the uh, Golf Manitoba's inaugural All Abilities Tournament. Fill us in on uh, how it came to be, although I guess you could sort of just mentioned, you know, a lot of the momentum of it. Uh, but where, when, and, you know, what you want to get out to people that maybe didn't know that this event is out there and uh, maybe get a few more people that would be eligible to come in, try it out and be a part of the event. Right, yeah. So my organization, the Canadian Empty Golf Association, we were going to host uh, our tournament back in 2019, but of course, with with COVID, had to had to cancel it. And at that time, um, you know, I, I went to university with Jared over at Golf Manitoba, and I was talking with him about it, and he was interested in in getting involved from from Golf Manitoba's perspective. And you know, because we had to cancel it, uh, it just never worked out. And you know, we've been sort of talking over the years, and uh, you know. Golf Manitoba is really, really interested in, in doing, was really interested in getting involved. And so that's how it came to be for them to, to host this event. They saw that Golf Ontario had hosted, that Golf Canada was on board. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's a great step, um, you know, sort of end, end game is perhaps Paralympics, getting golf into the Paralympics, just like golf is. Uh, so this is, this is certainly a monumental step for, uh, for Golf Manitoba to jump on board. So tell us, uh, when is the tournament? How do people find out more about it? And for, for someone, like, who would be eligible? And, um, you know, what, what what should we get out to people that, you know, maybe watching or maybe have a family member or a friend that, um, you know, has somewhat of some sort of a disability that might be eligible yeah. that uh, might love the opportunity to come out and, and compete in such a cool event? 
Yeah, that's exactly it. And that's why I'm so appreciative of you on this show is, is just getting the word out to whether it's your listeners or someone that they know. And, you know, it, it's people with, you know, physical impairments, uh, people that are, you know, missing a limb or uh, have suffered a stroke or have cerebral palsy. It's uh, people who have vision impairment, uh, neurological people that, uh, um, you know, we've got stud golfers in Canada that have scoliosis or who play golf out of, uh, out of a wheelchair. It, uh, you know, there's it's basically all sort of any sort of disability, right? That uh, that we're that we're looking to get on board. Uh, when is the tournament, and uh, yes, where can sorry. people find out more information? And where you guys are at Bridges this year, right? No, no, uh, the the tournament. So it's June 25th and no. 26th out at La Brokery. Oh, La Brokery, uh, Excuse me, yes, I don't know why I was yeah, thinking Bridges. So- Man, that par six, par six, (laughs) Lavrokery. That's right. I've not played the course before, so I'm going to have to go check it out before uh, the tournament. But yeah, I I did notice that there's a par six out there, which obviously is very unique. So yeah, but uh, yeah, check out the Golf Manitoba website, golfmb.ca, and uh, all the all the details are on there. Well, this is uh, this is fantastic, and I guess going forward, I mean, the uh, the goal of this, I'm sure, is to have a successful inaugural event, but make this into something annual and. uh, you know, hopefully get some Manitoban golfers that, uh, you know, have disabilities playing in this event and uh, hopefully moving on to play for Canadian championships. And as you mentioned, who knows, ultimate dream representing Canada at those Paralympics uh, in 2028. And there's great momentum as that event grows that um, golf would be a great sport to have in it considering how successful golf's been in the, in the, uh, in the Olympic games. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if uh, you know. I, it, we're very hopeful that 2028 will uh, will get golf into the Paralympics, and uh, the 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 Olympics just announced 2028 that the host venue for golf uh, in Los Angeles will be none other than Riviera. So I don't know if that the Paralympics will will mirror that course or not, but that would be something special. So uh, that's the end game, and uh, you know, I, I'm I'm confident that it'll happen, and I'd love to. You know, I, I know of a few Manitoba golfers who are disabled, uh, but uh, there's there's many, many more out there. And, uh, you know, hopefully that we can touch touch some here today and uh, folks can spread the word and we can uh, have to get some golfers out in June. Right on. I see Winnipeg Chaster signed me up. I'll register for this tournament. I'm sure you can find out as to, you know, who's eligible and know all of those things at Golf Manitoba for more information. But the bottom line, folks, is um, if you do have friends if you self are you know uh, someone that would be eligible spread the word this is um i think going to be something that uh um, is a wonderful inaugural event but will have a great future here in the province as more and more opportunities for people with disabilities to get out and do the things they love which is play sports and uh tell you what christian i will look forward to it if there's any way we can help in the meantime you let me know and uh, i'll tell you what once we get to uh once we get to uh, the event time. I'll have to get out to La Brokery, uh, see how you handle that par six and uh, the uh, the rest of the crew there. At uh, It's really good, though, and I want to commend you. Um, you know, these sort of events don't just happen out of nowhere. There's tons of work behind the scenes, and it's people like yourself that um, you know, are doing a lot of work to make this happen, and uh, I know it's going to make a difference for a lot of people. So thanks again for doing this. All the best, and uh, let's stay in touch. We'll help you keep uh, getting the word out and hopefully making it a real successful inaugural event this summer. Yeah, thank you, Hudson. I really appreciate you having me on and helping me uh, spread the word. Um, did I hear correctly? Are you guys doing a marble race today? Absolutely, we're doing a marble race. You know, just as a, an, an appreciation for uh, for having me on today, I'd like to throw in this little prize here. It's a, a master's uh, putter cover. So, as a prize, uh, if you'd like to give out today to uh, to your to your listeners, uh, 
Wonderful, wonderful. That is awesome, Christian. All right. Well, we've got an extra prize in for the marble race today. <laughs> that is phenomenal. Well, I'll tell you what, I will raise that. So we'll do the usual, you know, the Masters, the green jacket, of course, goes to the winner. The Winnipeg Sports Talk hoodie with Canadian Club will go to the winner. But second prize today, which depending on your take, it might not have the glory of our version of the green jacket, but the Masters putter cover and I'm going to put in a six pack of the new CC and ginger, which I will say will go great in a cup holder in your golf cart at some point this year as well. So uh, hammer. That's awesome. We'll hook up on the weekend. I'll grab that for you and uh, all the best with the all abilities tournament. Again, folks, information is all there at golf Manitoba, spread the word. And uh, if you're able to play and participate, make sure you do. It should be a great, great event. Have a good weekend, dude. We'll catch up soon. You too. Huss. Thanks so much. That was great. There's Christian Hammerback again. All the all abilities, the inaugural all abilities tournament for Manitoba coming up this summer. Find out more information over at uh, golfmanitoba.com.ca. All right. I mentioned Canadian Club Marble Race is just a few moments away. And uh, yes, we have what a great prize from Christian. So uh, that Masters putter head cover and a six pack of Canadian Club and Ginger Ale for second place. Hoodie for first place, and we will do the uh, Nick and Nicky DQ ice cream cake for the final marble to cross uh, 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 the uh, cross the finish line. Again, pick up the CC and Ginger. If you're not lucky enough to win it in the marble race at your local liquor marts right now, and uh, for the entire month at 26 liquor marts, get a free can of CC and Ginger with the purchase of any Canadian Club product at three of those um, uh, at 26 of the Manitoba liquor marts in and around the city uh, a big thanks to our friends at princess auto and don't forget gang it is the gray cup tour this weekend and uh, it's starting off at the Panet road location tomorrow 9 a.m to 1 p.m bring the kids by for photos with the gray cup and then on sunday from 9 a.m to 1 p.m 3292 portage avenue the other location sunday morning will be the uh, trip to the west side for the Grey Cup. Of course, Princess Auto has been a great sponsor of the Grey Cup tour around Manitoba and will be sponsoring the pregame tailgate for the upcoming Blue Bomber season. Uh, I mentioned our friends at the Nick and Nicky DQ group are uh, ready to go for spring and summer. Um, luckily, we're not getting a real blizzard. We're just getting a lot of rain, which means it's full green light on blizzards as well. Saw a great online debate over what the best blizzard flavor is. We'll dive into that right now, but you can always give us your thoughts in the chat. Bottom line is whether you're looking for a blizzard, one of those amazing new stack burgers, or looking for a cake for your upcoming uh, little party with uh, friends and family, the Nick and Nicky DQ group have you covered. DQ Northgate, DQ Niverville, the DQ at Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. Hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. If you do want to uh, order in advance and have it ready to pick up or just pop by and uh, Nick and Nikki's great staff will help you out at any of those four Winnipeg locations. All right, let's get Michael Remus back in here uh, because, man, we've had a busy show. Excellent stuff from Westy and Weaver. And, uh, man, it was great to have Christian on the show. He's been a great supporter of the program for a long time. Uh, a guy that we look to sometimes for some DFS advice uh, but what a cool event coming here, Remo, as uh, we've tried to you know, continually move ahead with more opportunities for people to participate with disabilities and uh, really happy we could be involved to help out. And I'm looking forward to doing more as we get closer to the event. Yeah, sounds like a great event, trying to get more people involved in golf. And 
know, when you mentioned par six, a lot of people's, uh, e you know, ears perked up in the chat. Uh, very interested. I'm pretty sure that I've played at that course, uh, at that course before. It's oh, no. got to be the only par six, I think, in Manitoba. I mean, it's sort of the, that's sort of the calling card of the LeBrokery course. They have the, uh, they've got a par six. I've never seen one anywhere other than LeBrokery, but I have played it and, uh, Listen, you hit it long and hit it straight, and uh, maybe you'll have a chance for a birdie. Um, but anyways, Golf Manitoba for all that information. And uh, listen, vintage Westie today on the program, too. What a great visit that was with Troy. Oh, yeah. Always love hearing uh, Westie's takes uh, on the Jets or whatever. I know a lot of people in chat were happy to hear from him, so we'll have to get him back as we get closer to bomber season. As And as the Jets offseason continues, I'm just... I'm getting excited about hearing, um, you know, the, you know, last year, the off season had a lot of excitement when they acquired um, Schmidt and Dylan. I remember the chat was bumping and I'm looking forward to similar excitement as the team looks to retool for next season as, as well. And move past uh, the disappointment of this year. No doubt about it. All right. Well, listen, we've got about 10 minutes. We are, we got to get to the marbles. Why do we do this, Remus? Why don't we open up registration for marbles? And again, folks, if you have never seen before and wondering what the hell we're talking about, well, you're about to find out. Follow the instructions. It's very simple. Free to enter, but make sure you are subscribed to be eligible to win. So very simply, just hit that red subscribe button. While you're at it, give us a thumbs up. Helps us spread the channel as well. And shout out to everyone listening on podcast. I know, unfortunately, uh, with the lack of it being live when you're listening, tough to get in. But if you ever have the opportunity to jump in late on Friday, even if you're consuming it normally through the podcast, jump in. Always a fun way to finish up the program here on Winnipeg Sports Talk with some great prizes to get to. So uh, it's open. All you got to do, folks, is put in exclamation mark marbles. We'll give you a couple minutes to do that. And in the meantime, we'll get to the cool bet lines. And just before we do get to the cool bet lines, though, I mentioned this a couple times already this summer or this week, I should say. Uh, but if you are or know of a university student looking for a dream summer job, tell them to head over and hit up our friends at Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge. We've been there heading back there this summer. Cannot wait. It's always the best three or four days of the summer. But I always leave being incredibly envious of the young people that are having their time of their lives working out there for three or four months in between terms. Um, if you have great fishing experience, I do believe they've got room for one more guide. And they certainly do have rooms for uh, room for dock hands, guys to do some labor. And uh, hard for me to describe what a cool vibe it is out there. But I can just tell you that everyone I know that's worked there has said it's the best thing that they ever did. Working with some incredible people in basically what is paradise. So AkinsLake.com or you can hit Pit Turan up on Twitter at AkinsLake for a little bit more information and get that resume in. And uh, maybe we'll see you later on this summer when we get out to uh, Aikens Lake. Cannot wait. And again, if you're thinking about planning, there's still limited availability. It's going to be their busiest summer ever. You can find out more again online at AkinsLake.com. All right, while we load up the lines um, and you guys put in exclamation mark marbles to enter the chat, uh, enter the contest, I should say. I do want to mention Dustin Nielsen and I did a new episode of The Lock Shop. Actually been pretty hot the last couple of days. Hope you all got on that Buffalo pick we dropped yesterday on the uh, lines. Nice little money line underdog. Easy peasy 5-2 win. 
Sabres continue to play their asses off towards the end of the season. Uh, but new Lock Shop is out right now. Wherever you get your podcasts, just search Lock Shop. And by the way, we are giving away a Lock Shop hoodie as well. If you haven't followed us on Twitter already, just go to Twitter at Lock Shop Bets. Give a follow there. Once we hit a thousand, we're going to be giving away a Lock Shop hoodie. All right, tonight in the National Hockey League, we went through all of these games today on the show. On the show, uh, you got Ottawa, Columbus, basically a pick 'em. Columbus, a very slight home favorite. Wild, a big home favorite against the Kraken. Game of the night, Colorado in Edmonton take on the Oilers. Colorado, a very slight minus 114 favorite. I'm just taking the over in that game. Bring on the goals. Let's see an awesome game tonight. And the Capitals, a massive minus 370 favorite against the Arizona Coyotes. And over to the NBA, three games tonight. Heat, minus one and a half at the Atlanta Hawks. The Milwaukee Bucks, two and a half point favorites on the road against the Bulls. And the Pelicans, Two and a half point home dogs to the Phoenix Suns. Um, big news there is that Devin Booker is out two to three weeks. So we'll see what that does to the uh, to the series now that the Pelicans have stolen home field. And as far as Major League Baseball goes, Blue Jays taking on the Astros tonight. Chicken strips, Rod Stripling on the bump for the Blue Jays and Justin Verlander, who has been awesome in his first few starts. Astros, a big minus 182 favorite. And the Jays plus 153 on the money line. Jays eight and five heading into tonight's game. All right, Reem, why don't we uh, wrap up? Last call for marbles, everybody. Yeah. Exclamation no, I, mark marbles. I, no, we got to put a pause on that. Something's not working. It's not collecting the entries. So, oh I'm really? Trying to, I'm trying to troubleshoot it. Yeah, yeah. So okay, well, folks, just stay uh, stay t- stay in touch. It says the raffle has been canceled. We may need to do it again. Maybe we need to try something different, a different word, a different keyword. It's possible. Uh, let me try. That's actually fine. Let me try something. Anyways, I don't know if you saw this uh, Robin Leonard news while I um, try to fix this to issue. No, fill me in. So there was a report earlier today from ESPN that said Robin Leonard is going to have surgery and is done for the year. Then they asked Peter DeBoer about that, and he said... I don't know anything about that. As far as I know, he's going to be on the ice tomorrow. So that's where we're at with Robin Leonard. Listen, that whole Laner saga, the entire goaltending saga of the Vegas Golden Knights over the last couple of years has been fascinating. Um, you know, they had Flurry, who was the most popular Vegas Golden Knight ever. Um, they acquired Robin Laner thinking that he was the guy. Flurry outplayed him at times. And then they ended up having to make that decision. And you know, moved on with Robin Lehner and it hasn't, it hasn't gone as well as they had expected. And then Loren Brossois came in and, you know, he was the guy that was thought to be, you know, this great backup that, you know, was certainly capable of more time. He got shut down for the season in somewhat sketchy circumstances when all of a sudden they needed to activate a number of players. Nolan Patrick was also in that group. And I know there's concern with concussions as to, you know, what his playing future is in the National Hockey League. Bottom line is, it's the Logan Thompson show right now for the Vegas Golden Knights as they cling to very faint playoff hopes, needing to win their remaining games and get a little bit of help to catch the Dallas Stars. But uh, I'll tell you what, that is a really, really um, bizarre situation. And, um, you know, Laner of all NHL players, has been known to sort of freewheel when it comes to comments in the media and on social media. So I have a feeling, Remus, that this is far from the uh, the last we've heard of uh, these reports circling around, circling around the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, so the report was from 
Jesse Granger and Emily Kaplan saying that he's undergoing season-ending surgery. Emily, Emily Kaplan of ESPN says he had uh, battled back from a knee injury that he had in March. He gave it all he could, but his body gave up. So he's going to have surgery sources tell ESPN. And then Peter DeBoer's like, huh? No. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. So I'm still trying to work out this marble. Jeez, you may have to talk to our friend Gary. What's going on in the communications department to the Vegas Golden Knights? Jeez, it's been that's uh, rocky on the ice, rocky off the ice right now, it seems. Uh, all right, CTO, give us an yeah. update. What seems so, to be the issue? Where are we at? So the issue is I have a bot and you right type the command exclamation marbles and it puts everyone in. So right now when people type the command, it is not getting collected. So um, if anyone has typed it, it's not it's not registered. And someone said, "Are people going to get it multiple times?" No. Well, you need to type it again. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, trying to sort this out. I don't know. Do you want to just try? Uh, like, why don't we put in exclamation mark tickets or something? Yeah. Like that and see if it works differently or something. I'll try. Like that. I'll try something else. I don't know. Don't exactly know why it's not working. I haven't changed anything. Hold on. Maybe my somewhat weird. No, and d don't try to give me troubleshooting in the chat. You're just going to yeah. piss me off. I'm just going to get, I'm just going to read them and get pissed off and be like, no, this I tried that. Triggered. Don't pay attention to the chat. Pay I'm, attention to the task at hand right now. You're now I'm, triggering yourself in advance, <laughs> knowing what's going to come in the chat. I am. I am. I'm Shikster, getting... this is for you while Remus tries to figure this out. Uh, some Toyota AFL premiership lines for the weekend. I did make two selections. I talked about these on the lock shop. Chickster, let me know what you feel about this one. Uh, West Coast Eagles plus 24 and a half against Port Adelaide. How in the world is West Coast a 24 and a half point dog to the team at the bottom of the table? That doesn't make any sense. That's an auto bet on West Coast. And on the other side of things, Geelong Cats, 26 and a half point favorites against North Melbourne. Geelong are three and two. They probably should be at least four and one. And um, let's just say that, um, well, North Melbourne is ahead of one team and one team only, and that's Port Adelaide. So uh, if you're looking to stay up all night uh, and uh, catch some great Aussie rules football, as I often do, you can check out all the odds over at CoolBet Canada uh, and at CoolBet.com. And if you haven't played there before, use the promo code WST for a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to 200 bucks. Uh, there is a big boxing match as well. Tyson Fury says this is going to be his final fight. Whether that's the case or not, we'll see. He's playing against uh, Damian White. Fury minus 588. But uh, I think what the, the bet is, minus 139 on Fury KO, TKO as well. That uh, Always great to see the big heavyweights go. You know, we have saw those amazing fights he had with Deontay Wilder. And um, but it does seem like uh, he's just about at the end of the road. But his brother, Tommy Fury, is fighting. And I heard him call out Jake Paul yesterday. So uh, crazy that the world of legitimate professional boxing guys are now calling out Jake Paul. But I think they know it means big, big money. So uh, lots to get to this weekend on Cool Bet. Pop on over and again, use that promo code WST if you haven't done it already. Um, so what are we thinking, Reem? Do we have to go to another uh, another option here? Or, uh... I don't know. I'm going to try this one more time. I'm annoyed. I haven't done it. 
Chamber. Yeah, I mean, listen, computers. This is a first. This is a first. Yeah. 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 And we can't really restart everything in the middle of a live broadcast, which is, uh, which is somewhat unfortunate. Well, I can, I'm trying. Yeah, I can do whatever I want. So I don't know. I'm just trying to like set up a new giveaway. Perfect. Um, Jeff Kabilis, how about that New Japan AEW event coming up? Well, Kabilis, you're more into the Japanese wrestling than I am. I mean, I'm sort of aware of it, but I've never really watched much of it. That being said, I'll be in on it. I'll be in on it. I'm, uh, I, I've been enjoying the AEW product for sure. And any one of those unique uh, events, um, uh, I would be in for as well. And I love WrestleMania, but outside of WrestleMania, a lot of the WWE product is sort of up and down. We'll see what happens on SmackDown tonight. As long as Pat McAfee's there, though. I'm going to be there. And hey, speaking of Pat McAfee, he is taking over the world. No one has had a better year than Pat, I don't think. Uh, if you're familiar with the Pat McAfee show, been incredibly successful on YouTube. And we really are a phenomenon. And he's built his entire brand up after we walked away from the National Football League as a pro bowler at like 27 or 28 years old. Maybe he was 29. He wasn't even 30. And for a punter, you can play forever. And, uh, He's just one of the coolest dudes around, has so much fun doing what he's doing each and every day. Real inspiration for me and Michael and what we're doing here. Uh, but he's doing it on such a big scale. Sounds like Pat McAfee is being, uh, it could very well be in the booth for Thursday night football this year. And I believe there's a deal with Amazon and they're going to be doing the games on Amazon, if I'm not mistaken. And they're also talking about that the Pat McAfee show might be on Amazon Prime as well. So uh, really cool to see independent guys doing their own thing and having the sort of cess that Pat is. And then, of course, that incredible match at WrestleMania too. The guy really has, uh, has it all. I want to chime in on this. There's going to be a lot of issues with watching sports going forward. And it's getting really annoying that all of these streaming channels want to have a game. And we don't really see this in, the, in Canada. And I wonder if TSN will pick up, will pick up this Thursday night game. But yes, it's going to be only on Amazon streaming in the states. Thursday night football, baseball has this Friday night baseball where teams are only on Apple. Thankfully, it's free. But I'm seeing tonight the New York Yankees are having a game that's not on their regular, you know, broadcast cable channel that is only available to Amazon Prime subscribers. And if you want to talk about alienating fans and pissing them off having regular games that you now have to pay for and on channels that are um hard to get big l well for especially everyone. baseball baseball's got an older fan base yes an older demographic there's yes. people that are used to turning on yes tv they're the yes network and watching the yankees every single night and uh, you're right those people are going to be irate and here's another thing, as we move towards things like Amazon broadcasting NFL games or Apple TV or whatever the streaming services is, how is live betting going to work? Like right. often when you are watching some sort of a stream, you're basically like 45 seconds to a minute behind. And if you're just watching the game on your own, that's fine. But I mean, with the amount of money that sports books are investing in right now, um, I, I, I'm, I'll be fascinated to see how this works out because, um, you know, they'll be, they'll either be in a very dangerous position that they'll never allow happen, whether people are betting on things that they've already seen, that won't be the case, or 
you know, you'll be watching something in what you think is real time and you'll go to the live betting thing. Then, you know, a touchdown could have already scored. The odds could be completely different. So that is going to be a massive challenge to navigate for all of the stakeholders, the leagues, the broadcast partners, as well as the sports books. If uh, they do want to take advantage of sports betting as much as they obviously do with the investments that are uh, that are coming in. The one thing, too, that's annoying also about streaming is um, when you're doing sports, like switching games back and forth. It's not as quick as uh, oh, no. on cable. And uh, so I'm curious how it's going to go. I don't think it's really come over to Canada. Like baseball's got like a, they kind of screwed everyone on Sundays now. Their Peacock has this breakfast baseball. I don't even know if that's here or not, but it's the dumbest thing ever. Like, I subscribe to MLB TV, so I can still get get them. But I don't know. I'm having trouble with uh, with these giveaways here. So, so essentially, know. we have no way of capturing the names right well, now. Well, I mean, I can do it at. manually. I can type pretty quick if you want to bring back the typing cam. The I can, um, I can just do it, and we can pick fifty names. But like, I I don't know why this my my bot doesn't want to work. Okay, well, here's an executive decision, first and foremost. We'll because of it. the issues, the Masters putter cover is being pushed to next week. Yeah, push along it with the week. CC, along with the CC. Yeah. We feel that we do owe the people a marble race, but if this will be, we'll only do it for a hoodie for first place. And um, I am afraid to tell you that with all the people here for it, we probably, there's a good chance we might not get everybody in. Um, but yes. yeah, Remo, I think that's the only way we can do it. I mean, we owe it to the people. We can have a Friday show without marbles. Uh, it'll be a little bit more work for us, especially you, but you are the typing master. I'm sure you're going to be quite pumped to show off your typing skills. Should I bring a, yeah. I can bring out the typing cam if you want. Well, I mean, I don't care as much about the typing cam as much as I, just getting some of I these do. people in right away. So if you want to absolutely well, go for it. Well, I'm getting annoyed that, um, like it's not collecting the names here. Like this is dumb. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think we're past that point, though. I mean, we were annoyed ten minutes ago when it didn't happen. Now we're in problem solving mode. Now I got to sit here and live troubleshoot uh, on the stream. <laughs> There's nothing more horrible for a live stream than live troubleshooting. Nobody wants to see that. Great, great text from Todd for Tanny Remo. We appreciate your efforts. Lighten up, buds. Exactly. It's Friday afternoon. We're going to make this happen. So, uh, do you want to no. get it ready? And I'll just start rattling off names to you as we go through. I've kind of gone up and seeing everyone that's uh, been put it in. We'll uh, crank out as many of these as we can. Yeah, this is how I collect the names so I don't have to type them in manually. So, yes, any other people are asking. This is why I don't read the chat when people are when I'm trying to troubleshoot because people just suggest stuff. No offense to you guys. Everyone's trying to help. I appreciate that. But um, yeah, well, we need help right now. That I, being said, I do need help. I got to talk to I got to talk to someone, <laughs> but I can't uh, I can't do it while we're live while live streaming. Go. Exactly. So uh, get the uh, get the typing cam ready. And let's get ready to go. Um, we do have the uh, hoodie. But I, ask, I think the, the right thing to do with that great prize that Christian gave us is to hold off until yes. next week. Um, so next week's marble race will be awesome. Actually, I'll be in Vegas. By the way, I think I, I've mentioned that. But yeah, next week's shows. Remus will be at the CTO uh, headquarters of WST. I am going to be 
uh, doing the show from uh, the D Hotel in Bar Canada in Vegas all next week uh, in and around the NFL draft. My boy Andy McNamara is going to be out there doing some events with UFFL. Uh, and of course, there's going to be, I just found out that there's a Weezer concert going on. Oh, uh, yeah. An Ice Cube concert, I believe. A draft. bunch of things that the NFL's doing. So um, if you haven't already, give me a follow on social media and Instagram at Hustlerama. I'll fire out some content throughout. Um, and yeah, it should be a lot of fun. I mean, uh, I kind of knew that this week probably wouldn't be that big push to the playoffs. I mean, I'll certainly be watching the games. We'll be talking about it all. But uh, nice to get away for a little bit and uh, do some shows down there. And hopefully that's the start of maybe some more visits down to Sin City along with our friends at the D Hotel and, of course, Circa, the Circa Swim, um, and this venue that we're going to do the shows at with Bar Canada. Very, very much looking forward to uh, to that. So, uh, so folks, we, are, uh, we do apologize for the technical difficulties. The bot is fired. Um, we'll be looking for a new bot in time for next yeah. week's marble race. But in the meantime, we're going to try and pack as many names as we can that Michael Remus can type in and uh, we'll get those loaded up and we'll crank it out. And uh, we will still have the excitement of a marble race to finish up the program. Uh, how soon are you ready for some names to start typing in? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get the typing cam. I can't even. Whole thing. I want to want to break something right now. <laughs> I think, I'm... you know, it's it's the big rocks. This goes back to the Covey, the uh, the seven habits of highly effective people. There's little rocks. And there's big rocks and we need to focus on the big rock right now which is getting the people in and then pulling off the marble race that's about it shikster g long all the way good number take it yeah i'm definitely on g long tonight looking forward to uh, looking forward to that is kenny going to return for it oh mike win fury baby yeah i'm all on fury mike do you like the knockout minus 139 that's what i'm looking for fury doesn't want to be in there for 12 rounds too much work Take care of his uh, take care of his guy early and often. All right. Oh, geez, Michael Remus has entered the chat. Here we go. Oh, okay. No, this is here we go. This is the. Jeez, uh, I'm getting a great view of behind the scenes here. The uh, the typing cam is about to get well, set everyone's up. Everyone's gonna leave. Just tell me. Just tell me the name. Okay. Good call. Good call. You too. Although this is a pretty good look is, of you going right has up your everyone, nose. Has everyone left yet? Or no, not at all. We've got 260 people here waiting for us to get after this uh get after this marble race <laughs> they spin the bottle yeah no doubt or the wheel i can't collect the names you got to start listing them off for me but go yeah list them go. okay you ready go. okay uh dubienski yeah pod for tanny yeah just go tracio yeah key connor spratt comet val l schickster T. Will, Larry Eloy, Ishaboy Bruce, Bozeman, Drew Music, Sylvia Martin, The Doctor, Showtime 787, Jay Miller, Mike Wynn, Chaster, uh, Kabilis, Donnie Boy, Gilbert Marion, Brennan W. Chris Vermette, Gitch Lishka, Comet. Oh, let's see who else we've got here. Andrea Kohutch, E.K. Posty, Dean Brown, 
Tony Valeri, XX Rev, Ron P, Mark Amp, uh, Waiters, Daryl Morosky, Eric Bayer, uh, Dan Milburn, Road Rockets. Shout out to Brandon. Brandon, I'm just happy I get to spend more time with the WST crew. Happy Friday, guys. Great attitude to have. That's where I'm at as well. Uh, let's see. Marilee Girl, uh, Frosty Winnipeg, T. Kona Pauly. No, no postponement. We're doing it. We're doing it. Uh, Laurent Gratton, Doug Phil. I think I got Tracy Owen taught in already. Yeah, they're in. There. Um, Miller Time 1980. And we've got some more. Uh, Kevin Kowalik. Uh, Patrolman Pete. I know he's fired up for the ice tonight. Yakman in Remo We Trust. Damn right. Yakman's in. Ernie Thiessen. Shane Mason. Defending champ. TTTTT Bone. The only, I believe, the only two-time winner ever. See if he can make it three. Uh, Lana Sutton. Mike Ladarni. Get a few more in. iHeart Gaming. Mike Rogers, Jeff Johnson, Cass, Daryl. Yeah, go ahead, one more. Daryl M. Yeah, and then let's see. I've got one more page here. No, Andrew is in. Mike Cochrane, Winnipeg. Brad Woods, Dean Brown, the Doctor. Yeah, those guys. We're getting some doubles here. Okay, Rebels guy Tony Pop and Bulls Eight. How about that? Okay, thank you. Okay, if we missed you, apologies to everyone. As I said, we'll make sure that we've got uh, the bot. This bot is fired. We'll hire a new one for next week and mm -hmm. uh, make sure that it's working. And uh, we'll have that awesome. Thanks again to Christian Hammerback. If you missed it earlier, All Abilities Golf Championship. Check out Golf Manitoba for it. Uh, but we have an additional prize for next week's Marvel Race. A beautiful Masters putter cover head. And uh, I'll throw in a six-pack of Canadian Club and ginger ale as long as it's still around. Well, it will still be around. I'm going to Vegas. I'll be leaving it here and not bringing it with me. All right. So, again, apologies for the delay, everyone, although it did give us some more quality time together. Shoot the shit here on a Friday afternoon. Uh, but let's get to it. Uh, M Michael, What uh, we've got the names in. Uh, where, where are we going today for the, uh, for the course? Let me get it set up. I'm all, I'm all rattled here. Sorry, I'm I'm just loading it. I don't have to do any updates. We do have the marbles theme too. I'm sure we want to play. Beautiful. Yeah, you know what? That'll be a good cool down for you. It'll get everyone yeah. fired up to fired up to get ready for the race. Uh, shout out to. Oh, by the way, I think we need to put in Tristan Rivers just because. I'm not sure if he's oh. in or if I missed it, but uh, too, too late. Too late. Too late. Oh, sorry, Tristan. Well, anyways, I actually still do have a DQ cake for you. Uh, you hit me up on that. We'll make it happen. All right, he, the he maestro. The maestro himself, Tristan Rivers, hit us with the marbles theme.
I'm just loading them all in. All right. We folks, got 63 names. 63. So we probably got about half of them in. So again, apologies to anyone that uh, that we didn't. Uh, but again, next week is the big one. Marbles putter head cover, or Masters Marbles putter head cover. Maybe we'll get a special Marbles putter head cover made by our friends at one of those golf companies. In the meantime, the Masters, the real deal, Augusta National, you know what we're saying, as well as CC and Ginger. Grab a CC and Ginger this weekend as well if you haven't tried it. And um, working on a couple of cool events as well with our friends at Canadian Club. Got a chance to talk to James yesterday. They are very excited about the upcoming Winnipeg Blue Bombers season. Um, okay, well, but um, here we are. Toggle with the cine camera, lights, camera, action. A uh, a technically challenged marble race today on Winnipeg Sports Talk. You actually do, if you're in, you've got a better chance of winning today. And again, apologies if we missed you or we didn't get you in. Bit of a cluster today. Uh, that being said, we can't finish a week without dropping marbles on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Good luck to everyone. First place, Canadian Club, Winnipeg Sports Talk hoodie our equivalent of the master's green jacket. If you win, hit us up with an email afterwards and I'll make arrangements to uh, get it to you. Uh, Remo, what's our, what's our course today? The marble mill, the marble mill. All right. We haven't seen this one before. Uh, let's do it. Apologies for the delay. Good luck to everybody. This is how we finish the week on WST. Yeah. Hopefully I put everyone's name in. I, I've, I recognize a lot of the names from chat, but there's definitely going to be some spelling mistakes. Definitely. Here. EK posty. He will waiters. Tony Valeri with a nice start. There's Chaster. How are we looking? This one goes down and then it goes back up, it seems. It's your yeah. boy Bruce looking like he's in first place. Doobie. Although now Doobie's going back up. Connor Spratt with a nice start. What up, Connor? iHeart Gaming. Here comes Chaster. Honor Spratt still right in the midst. Chaster, Winnipeg Chaster with a bit of a lead early on. Oh, this is a cool, the mill. Oh, Doug Phil and the gang picking the right track. Doug Phil is in first. Whoa, Connor Spratt getting shot forward. Ooh. Whoa. Is he is he in though? Is he in? Uh, no elimination so far. I think Connor might have had a great uh, boost, if you will. I think Waiters has just taken over. Cast, though. Yeah, this mill is firing some people. Oh, Bozeman thrown over the top rope like Oleg by Remus. He's not in there, but uh, things have slowed down a little bit as we get through. Waiters, it looks like, is in first. Chaster's over on the other side. We've got T-Will, the doctor, and Mary Lee Gural down on the bottom portion of the track. Uh, and Waiters just sort of making it around, not hitting any high speeds right now, but still very much in it all right it looks like waiters has the lead right now as he's getting into another area which could be oh this is the mill does he get shot over or does he just make it nice and well he's 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 looking good waiters is looking good right now now can waiters avoid disaster he's got the lead it looks like it's waiters to lose and Waiters is the winner. Jay Miller, E.K. Posty, Todd Fertani coming in, Gilbert Marion, Chaster T. Will, Connor Spratt, the doctor. Pretty solid top 10 today. Laurent Graton also in the top 10. Well, that was actually a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool track. Interesting. We had a few, uh, we had a few over the top ropes, Royal Rumble eliminations, if you will. 
but for the most part, it looks like just about everyone is getting in there. Uh, Christopher Met coming across the border. Oh, Mike Rogers taking his sweet time. Now, can Mike get in before the fire comes and eats his marble up? No, he's going to get there. There we go. Mike Rogers following it up. Waiters, 27. Congratulations. Nicely done. All right. Well, anyways, it sucked that we didn't get everybody in. We will make sure that we've got that fixed for next week. That was sort of an unexpected. You know, I think I maybe cursed us a little bit, Rima, when I kind of made the jokes to Kenny if he'd done all the technical work for their yes. show at five o'clock today. Jink, you jinked I, it. That was totally, that is totally on me. That is karma, having a little fun talking about potential technical snafus and who had it, us. Um, that being said, this is a great show today. Really enjoyed having Troy Ken on and of course, Christian Hammerback as well. Uh, if you missed out on the marble race, don't worry. A bigger, better one will be happening next Friday to finish up the week and my week in Vegas. And we will have that special second prize of the Masters Putterhead cover along with the uh, Canadian Club and Ginger, which you can grab at your local liquor marts coming up this weekend. Uh, hey, before we go, thanks to the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day, including, of course, Canadian Club and Coolbet, Princess Auto, BP, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, not Auto Corp, Little Brown Jug, Breezy Bend, Royal Sports. I'm actually heading over to Royal right now. I've got to get some shoes. Manitoba Battery, Culligan Water, Vita Health, F Apparel, and our newest sponsor, Wallace and & Wallace, and, of course, Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge. Uh, Remo, before we go, what do you, you have anything going on this weekend or uh, or what? Um, Ice game? I'm going to catch up on um, Better Call Saul, the two-part opening. But actually, I'll give a shout out. My wife is there right now. The I think it's the Western Canada Gymnastics Championships are taking place at U of M. If you want to see some gymnastics at, at U of M, uh, check that out. That's where she is right now. So Go watch some go. gymnastics and then rip over and watch the ice. Exactly. All at one spot. Get a ride and then get picked up later on. It should be night. I'm going to get out to one of these games this weekend for sure. And then flying out on Sunday. So uh, Monday afternoon, live from Bar Canada at the D Hotel in downtown Las Vegas. I'll be joining Michael Remus. We'll recap the weekend. Of course, the Jets avalanche game. More of the Jets as they finish up the regular season with four games at home next week and get ready for the playoffs. And of course, we'll be paying close attention to how the matchups in the NHL are shaping up for round number one, as well as who gets that final spot that we had hoped the Jets would be competing for. But as we know, that's not the case. Again, hit that red subscribe button if you haven't already. Folks, thanks so much for being with us. And we appreciate the patience as well at the end of the show. Huge shout out to Westy. Ken Weeb and Christian Hammerback for joining us. And of course, Michael for all the great work he does to uh, try and keep this thing going. Um, folks have a great weekend. Stay dry if you can. And uh, certainly if you can get out and see the ice tonight and don't forget Kenny and Rennie doing a special event live tonight, 5 PM on YouTube before tonight's ice game. Thanks for being with us. Have a great weekend. And we'll talk to you on Monday on Winnipeg sports talk live from Sin City. Oh my God. for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.